0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. It is Friday, October 16th, I believe. Let me just double check. Yes, October 16th in the year of chaos. I'm your co-host, Carter. (laughs) And I am joined by Gary, who has suspenders today.
1: Yes, I do. Today, we're going to light it on fire today, Carter. You can't sell it got too it.
0: much. You have to be like, it'll be okay, and then it. light it on okay. fire. You can't be like, it's it'll gonna be, be no the best okay. conflagration ever, and then someone's gonna be like, eh.
1: no. I'm. Let's just say I'm on fire. Okay. But the show may the show may not be. I'm not gonna build up your hopes. But yes, thank you. I love these suspenders. Let freedom ring, America. I got a package from Carter, and it it felt like my birthday month is going. Is continuing smoothly because I got a package, <laughs> and in it was my very own unsafe space mug, oh, which I don't have. And then, uh, and then th- these suspenders. I wore the red ones yesterday. Thank you, Let Freedom Ring, America. And then also this beautiful hand knit hat, which I'm not wearing today, but I am going to be wearing on, me, later this the, week. I have
0: to widen the camera. And for that. there yeah.
1: sure. we go. Oh, yeah. This was by uh, two sisters and some yarn and Mama's Little Monkeys. And also, this is a group effort hat. The pattern is by Liz Clothier, follows us. And um, the yarn is from, and I can never, I I love this girl, but I don't know how to, I've never actually said her screen name out loud. D Yarn and Fiber? (laughs) Is that how she says it? Anyway, thank you guys. I love it. And uh, yeah, I feel like I... I, uh, I really hit the jackpot on my birthday, birthday month, birthday week is great. The weather's cold off here in Texas. I don't know what it's like there, but it's nice here.
0: It's nice and sunny. I, and mean, last it, night I... you know, we don't have fires, so that's where at least it's not, not where I am. Right. So.
1: At least you're not having fires. We got to, I got to go dancing last night too. A guy watches our show, gave us tickets. It was so much fun just to get out. I did a little dance.
0: So you've got was dancing clubs are like... open. You can go dance
1: uh some of them are. This one is. They they do I did put on a mask, guys. I in put between on a red. Steps. Do you band- have to put your mask on. <laughs> <laughs> in between bites, in between steps. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's a good it's a good time. It's a good month. Good, good. All that being said, the world's wait, a little crazy.
0: Wait, let's remind everyone though, book club yeah. is on is this Sunday at noon Pacific. Uh Sunday, October eighteenth, which is this Sunday yes. noon Pacific. Carrie's face just went ashen she hasn't started the book is what that means but that's okay you have <laughs> time carrie it's it's a, it's a short it. book <laughs> she's like oh, oh.
1: <laughs> you're getting to see what i was like in school i was always minute yeah uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's short but then you have plenty out. of time
1: yeah okay people are saying i need to move to the right let me oh what if i just move the camera I, to the you're right
0: kind of centered right now I don't know. I mean, a little bit off, but maybe you How's weren't that? before? Uh, I think they mean you're right. Oh. Yeah, the other well, this... <laughs> cuz now okay. you're actually more cut off than you were just a uh. ago. That's better. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <That's just better. laughs> hey but, guys. Um, and then well, wait, well, and well, then well. our next book if you want to start on it is Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal and that will be on November 22nd, so go ahead and try uh, go ahead and start that if you want to. Okay, now Carrie, go. Unleash yeah. your wrath upon the world. Uh,
1: no. Let's well, hey, let's start with this. Okay. Tweet. We'll start with. I think
0: a beetle. Yeah. Well, not a beetle. What beetle What's son. the son of a beetle called? It's just small. Let's just bug, start with it. Some larva. A. Pe- <laughs> no, that's that sounds rude. We'll start with this. So,
1: tweet. this is. Um, I wanted to start with this because. I've been watching, if you guys haven't been following Sean Lennon, and you're on Twitter, you should follow him. It's been interesting to watch his evolution. He's definitely a person, I would say, who is awakening. He's not woke. He's awake. He is evolving and growing as he learns new information. And I think he's really wise. And we've talked a lot about how intelligence doesn't dictate a person's susceptibility to propaganda and bad ideology. It's, that's why you know some people who are very intelligent who's bought, who have bought into the narrative. Um, but I think wisdom is a different thing than intelligence. And I think he seems very wise. So let's read this tweet. He says, it is no longer exaggeration to say that the collusion between social media and media to manipulate our reality for the benefit of their political agendas has reached Stalinist proportions. In fact, Stalin's propaganda machine was relatively weak by comparison. Imagine if he had control of social media technology. How would things have turned out then? What would our understanding of that history be today? It's scary to think about. Yeah, he's right. He's right. He's right. And, you know, he's not a tribalist. He's not some MAGA, red hat wearing, you know, you can't easily write him off if you want to because he's on the left. And I know they want to and they'll still try and find a way. But he's not a tribalist. He's not a partisan. He's a person who is awake and who's paying attention. And we've been documenting on this show, on Unsafe Space, for a couple of years now. We were doing updates on a purge is what we called it for a while, our series where we would sort of update on – the media manipulation, the propaganda, the censorship from big social. And so those of you who've been with us for a little while or those of you who just follow this yourself, you're aware that this has been going on since 2016, since before 2016. But they really ramped it up when Trump won. And yep. this week, I think they crossed a new line. I think they moved. I think they progressed a little bit further I think that, in
0: terms of – they're continuing yeah. to get bolder. Can, can bold. we just be, before we even mentioned? I know where you're. I mean, we all know where you're going with yeah. this. The next story, uh, but uh, I want to I want to throw something out because I I watched a. This is related. I watched a documentary yesterday, two days ago, called "The Social Dilemma" on Netflix.
1: Uh, oh, I want to see and, this. I've heard about it. Uh,
0: I just I want to just throw it out there because, um, first of all, the caveat is. It is made by people who are politically on the left, and so they assume that many of the problems with social media are that they're not doing enough to censor or they're not controlling quote fake news enough, and they still believe the Russian narrative. So there's a lot of bad politics in it. And they talk about Pizzagate and Russia and as these as if as if these are the big problems with social media. However, um, I do believe that the people who made this documentary care very much about. Children and are rightly concerned about the impact of social media on kids and us, and have many many valid points. And um, I I realized I, the reason I want to quickly mention this because it's a Sean's Sean's tweet is making me think of this. Stalin's propaganda machine was was limited by of the by the technology at the time, and the the propaganda we have today, or the ability to to distribute propaganda and control the narrative, is. It's not even – I wouldn't call it a difference in scale. I would call it a difference in kind. It is a different kind of thing. And I realized watching The Social Dilemma that because of my background in Silicon Valley, I actually knew the stuff that they were talking about. I was like, yeah, of course that's how you design software. Yes, I know that that's how it works. But it dawned on me that – and I didn't know some of the stats that they brought out about how it was affecting kids. But it dawned on me that actually – there's no reason for normal people to understand that this is what goes on. And so if you're not, and I know a lot of people have canceled Netflix and not everyone's going to watch. So I just want to, at a high level, explain to you, this is not hyperbole. This is not, uh, this is not an exaggeration of what happens. There has been a, in Silicon Valley for at least a decade, if not longer, I don't remember when this term started getting thrown around is the term growth hacker. Uh, You would hire growth hackers at your company. Um, In fact, the term growth hackers kind of, cliche and has fallen out of favor now. It's so old in Silicon Valley, but I still, I think people, you know, outside of Silicon Valley still wouldn't have, wouldn't be familiar with that term. And the idea is to use knowledge of psychology and human psychology specifically to manipulate behavior so, so that um, you behave in ways that uh, help the platform make money. And typically that's to engage with the platform, share with your friends, do that kind of thing. And because we have machine learning because computing power has increased so vastly this is not something as simple as well you were shopping for furniture so we're going to show you more furniture ads we have our technology is to the point where for every person and, and this isn't this isn't exaggeration i mean they they do some exaggerating like illustrations in this documentary because it, it's like a drama documentary but this isn't an exaggeration they have they have a virtual you on the back end. They have a virtual Carrie Smith. And they have machine learning algorithms that track how long does Carrie dwell on this particular image before continuing to swipe. Um how like what how long does she take to pick up her phone? When does she move this? When does she do that? When does she click on this? What does she hover over? Like they pay attention to literally everything. And they can predict very well what most people will do and they use there's a book called um this wasn't mentioned in the movie but there's a book that's been floating around silicon valley for years and in fact it's probably old now and outdated but it was called hooked by near al if you're interested in learning how a lot of software is developed uh the user interface they are very aware of the um the dopamine rush you get in anticipation of a reward, dopamine actually doesn't happen when you click, it's the anticipatory um, drug that happens, and they understand how to manipulate that, they understand that constant reward is not as good as random reward with random values, and they understand the the ranges of that randomness. Uh, they, They really understand how to, in real time, not only serve ads, but serve content that gets you to respond in the way they want, which is typically engage in, you know, more clicks and more activity and <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. You are being manipulated constantly. And the thing the thing that I took away they, from this so, – sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say along those lines in terms of knowing how to hook you and knowing how you interact, That the, the algorithm is being programmed to such a degree that they know what is going to keep you coming back. They will do I – I can't remember where I read this, but they'll do things like they know that people – get a dopamine rush when when others like their picture right? right so if you change your profile picture they won't let it it won't show up in ev- all of your friends feeds at the same time they stagger it right they stagger it so you get likes throughout the day oh, and the it, next and day. they so, might serve you notifications
0: yeah. of those likes depending on what your activity level is at the moment to get you to re-engage yes. if you have like it is it is a very it's very targeted to the sense where like they may know you better just by just by having a machine learning algorithm watch your behavior they may be able to anticipate your moves much better than a close friend or or even loved one could it's sometimes better than you can so they know you very 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 well and and the analogy that someone used or the, the description that i really liked in this one of the guys mentioned was in the past technology was a tool and tools sit there until you pick them up to use them right if you're not going to get in a car it sits there in your driveway and then you Get in your car and go somewhere or, you know, um, a bicycle or a dictionary or whatever it is. A tool is sits there until you pick it up. Modern technology, if you have apps on your phone or notifications enabled and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't it's not a tool that sits there waiting for you to use it. It's a tool that uses you. It's not a tool, actually. It's a manipulation device that sits around and follows you around. You take it around with you. And prompts you to interact with it constantly. And I, just so people know, I don't, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I don't have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on my phone at all. I have to use some of them for work, so they're on my computer. But I have notifications turned off for basically everything except for people who are, like, I need to talk to, someone's going to text me or whatever. Um, I don't miss it at all. But this guy used this analogy. He said, I turn off, and, and by the, oh, this is another uh, open secret. Most technologists in Silicon Valley that are plugged into this, they don't let their kids do any of this crap. It's everyone else. Everyone else's kids are on Facebook and all this because, stuff. Because the people designing the technology, because they're
1: terrified of it. yeah, no, no yeah, one. The people does. designing it, right? Think it's no, no sick. one. A lot of the people who've designed it, I've read interviews, but I haven't seen the social dilemma yet. I do want to see it, but I've read interviews with people who've designed the algorithms, and they've they've. They don't use social media themselves anymore.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in fact, this movie's populated with people who were, were some of the main designers for some of this stuff. And I think rightly a lot of them were like we didn't realize. We, w- w- the like button we thought would just be like a positive thing in the world that people know. Like they didn't realize sometimes. But once it, once it was realized, it became exploited. And now, now a lot of things are done intentionally. But um, this guy said, well, I don't have notifications turned on on my phone for the same reason that I don't walk around with cookies in my pocket. And for someone like me, I've got a sweet tooth and (laughs) if I have cookies stashed in the house or chocolate or sugary drinks, I'm very likely to consume them. It's not that I can't stop myself, but it takes a lot of willpower and your willpower is like a muscle. Yes, you can build it up, but it also gets fatigued at the end of the day. This is known. So one of the ways you exercise your willpower to not eat sweets all day if you've got a sweet tooth or to not drink if you uh, have a problem with drinking or whatever, is you don't have it in the house. You don't. And an alcoholic doesn't stock a full bar in their house and just say, well, I'll have it for guests here just in case, but I won't touch it. Like, no, they're smart enough to be like, "Uh uh-uh, right? I don't have tubs of ice cream in my freezer because I will eat them. So I exercise my free will at the grocery store and then I've set up my life in a way where I'm less tempted to – I'm not going to run out to the store at 2 a.m. to get ice cream. It's not in the freezer. Ergo, I don't have ice cream. So um, – but when you have notifications turned on, when you have this stuff turned on, it is – it is – it's like having cookies in your pocket or pick whatever your other addiction is. It's like having it there all the time and you constantly have to look at it. And so the reason I want to bring all this up is this – I know people have mentioned uh, Carter eats cookie dough from the fridge. Shut up, Mandy. How do you know? Uh, <laughs> I would. If there were cookie dough in the fridge, I would totally eat cookie dough in the fridge. Yeah. People are already talking about China's social credit system. Like all this, there is going to be a push with COVID and, um, and frankly some, quote, quote by safety people at these companies there's going to be a push to use your phone for regular interactions getting into a restaurant getting into a facility to prove your x y and z there's a push to do all of this they are implementing a social credit system and the best thing that you can possibly do the only way to to thwart their manipulation of you is to not be using the platform i'm not safe to say totally off it like i have a twitter account It's just I don't have notifications. It's not on my phone. When I want to tweet something, I'm at my desk at work and I want to tweet something or whatever. That's it. Um, And I might use it to look for news. And we've talked about tweets. We just looked at a tweet. That's fine. But um, I just urge people to be aware of it because it's part of this giant – I'm going to use the word conspiracy, but I don't think it's a smoke-filled room. But it's this giant effort to control the narrative of politics, which is – Finally, we can get back to – this. I just – I wanted to throw that out there, Carrie, because it, it – OK. This is one part of a huge thing. To,
1: I get it. Let's get to the fire of it. And okay. you're making me uncomfortable because Sorry. I am a social media addict. And we – you and I have different – I have my own limits and rules. Like I don't have notifications pop up
2: uh,
1: for Facebook. Yeah. and But I do have it on my phone and I do – I know I spend too much time on it. And we all have our own kind of uh, – I guess – Hopefully everyone has their own sort of limitations on how much they let it interfere. You know, I don't when I go out, I'm not I I can't stand people that are when you're having dinner with someone and they're on their phone their whole time and they're in virtual space with other people while you're trying sitting right in front of them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like look that kind of
3: interference. And I'm not, look, if
0: you're an adult like you, Carrie, I'm not trying to tell you how to do it. I'm just giving you some advice about how how it works. It's specifically important if you're the parent, though, of a kid. And if, and they talk about some of these stats, teenage and preteen girls, suicide rates are skyrocketing. um, Self harm is skyrocketing. There's a lot of really, really dangerous, dangerous things that are happening, um, especially with young kids. So, or, you know, teenagers. So just be aware of that. And I do recommend watching it. However, okay. It's part of this thing that's going to get Carrie to light a fire now. So, okay.
1: Well, now you've dampened it. So you get into the story.
0: (laughs) Well, it's all, I mean, Carrie, it's, uh, so part of the manipulation, I guess, I guess the segue is they can use those manipulation techniques for their own political agendas and they do. And I assume you want to start talking about the Hunter Biden story. So... Let's do it. Okay. By now, I hope everyone has seen this New York Post article. Should we go... We should go over what the story is.
1: Despite their best efforts.
0: Right. Despite their best efforts. Here's the New York Post article. Biden's secret emails. I'm not going to read the whole article, but... an overview of the article. Basically, here's what happened. Um, there was a store computer repair store that allegedly Hunter Biden, who is Joe Biden's son, allegedly Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop to have data recovered. I guess it was water damage or something, theoretically, and, or, or allegedly. And uh, he dropped it off and never came to pick it up. And so the repair shop person. He, made, he ended up making a copy of the hard drive, and actually, allegedly, the FBI has subpoenaed the laptop, so he doesn't have it anymore. So um, he made a copy of this hard drive, and he looked through it, and he found a bunch of stuff. Now, again, I'll, I'll allege it, I guess, theoretically, he could be a Photoshop expert and have made an entire hard drive of data, but n- no one says that about anything else, like the Steele dossier, so okay. So you've got all this data, uh, Rudy Giuliani's lawyer was eventually given it. And
1: by the way, the FBI, they gave it, he gave it to the FBI a year ago.
0: Right. But they're and not They
1: did nothing.
0: Well, I as much as I hate the FBI and would like to agree with you, if they are doing an investigation, they should say we can't confirm or deny. It. I mean, they can't They they shouldn't okay. be saying what they're doing. So i'll, I'll okay. be angry at them later for doing nothing but i'm still gonna give him a but he here's a copy here's a copy of the subpoena um he wants the to where they get the laptop i mean so he gave copies of this stuff to, to back back up what he was saying and of course the hard drive had some salacious stuff it had some normal stuff like hunter and his kids and whatever um but it had pictures allegedly some i, I haven't looked but i guess there's some sexually suggestive or porn pictures or something. There's Hunter Biden with what looks like a crack pipe sleeping. Um, But the biggest political scandal of this is, if you'll recall, Hunter Biden was, um, Hunter Biden was on the board of a Ukrainian gas company called Burisma. This has been in the news uh, a lot. And the allegations from the right were that Joe Biden used his influence as vice president to help shut down the investigation uh, of uh, Burisma by the the state prosecutor in the Ukraine who was investigating Burisma, and that Hunter Biden, who was paid $50,000 a month to sit on the board, was really just being paid so that the company, Burisma, could get to Joe Biden to get the favor from Joe Biden... Uh, of firing the state prosecutor who was going after them. So that was the allegation. And Joe Biden has been saying, never talked to my son about any of this stuff, never talked him about his business dealings overseas. That's a lie. Uh, I never met anyone from the company, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's the, that's the, and, and, you know, fake news. Washington Post in 2019 wrote a huge article about you know, this, there's no evidence for this, and Joe's never done this, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. Well, on this computer, there's an email from this guy whose name I'm going to butcher. Vadim Porjarski. Who cares? This just guy call D. What? V- VP. Yeah, just- Mr. VP <laughs> from this company, Burisma, and he says, dear Hunter, Thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet with your father and spend some time together. It's really an honor and pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, would be great to meet today for quick coffee. What do you think? I could come to your office somewhere around noon or so before on my way to the airport. There's also other emails referencing uh, asking for some help and blah, blah, blah. So but that's that's one of the smoking gun emails.
1: And then there's also – Daniel Keene says there are pictures of Joe Biden on a golf course with Hunter Biden and some of the Burisma executives.
0: Right. So we board, know – Board members. Yeah. So we know that – yeah, thank you. So we know that Joe Biden did lie. He said he never met him, never talked to Hunter about the company, blah, blah, blah. We, that's not true. We know that's not true. Now – uh, There's a bunch. We can talk about some of the arguments against this and blah blah blah. But, um.
1: But the news is what
0: happened to this story. This is the New York Post. Yes, the news
1: is what happened. So, this much like some of the other stories we've talked about, it's not really about Biden or Trump. If that's the only level of analysis that you're looking at, you are missing the story. And if you're so blinded. By hatred of Trump, that you can't look at the real story that you get confused and you think this is about Trump and Biden, you're not you're you're way down here.
0: Right.
1: you're way down here.
0: It's not about this that.
1: story. Yeah. It's not about that. This story is about the way that social media, big social, colludes, colludes to manipulate the news to manipulate us, to censor what we're allowed to see. And read the information we're allowed to have. They're acting as our moral and intellectual betters. They're telling us what we're allowed to have, have access to. Like Sean Lennon says, this is Stalin, Stalinist tactics that they're engaging in, in against American citizens. Yep. And they're colluding. They're doing it together. Facebook and Twitter together. Said, well, let's talk
0: about what they did. Let's yeah, talk about what gonna they did. We're going to block this story. Yep. So, Andy, here's here's a tweet from Andy Stone, who is, oh, here, I'll put it up on the screen. Sorry. Here's a tweet from Andy, from Andy Stone. Andy Stone is communications at Facebook. He's a communications person at Facebook. He writes, this is the day the story comes out. Again, came out in the Washington Post. They have a copy of the files, right? While I, in, while I will intentionally not link to the New York Post. Did I say Washington Post? I meant New York Post. While I will... In, Intentionally not linked to the New York Post. I want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking partners. Okay, fine. In the meantime, this is the devastating part. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. Okay. Amazing. So here's a story that came out. There is actual evidence. It is, regardless of what you think about crack pipes or... Uh, dealings with Burisma, or whether Joe Biden did or did not help out this company, or anything, regardless of what you think about any of that, you cannot deny the political importance of this story during an election, right? The Democrats keep saying well, it's during the election. The election has started. Okay. This is politically relevant on a massive scale. This is relevant. What are they doing? Facebook is intentionally reducing its distribution, i.e. they are adjusting the narrative so that you don't hear about potentially damaging political information about Joe Biden.
1: Twitter and and Twitter. Let's let's talk about how Twitter did the same thing. But yep. first, again, I want to point out and you guys know this if you're watching this show, it it doesn't matter what you think of Trump or Biden. This is not a story about Trump or Biden. This is a story about the elite, the gatekeepers, social media, big social and the legacy media and a particular political party in this case, but it could have just, if it were going the other way, imagine if it were something that were negative about Trump and Imagine
0: if they suppressed they, the Steele dossier, the tax returns, dossier, everything, but which, they let the Biden thing through.
1: Right. Which, by the way, the Steele dossier, let, uh, that's a can of Let's not even get into that. The sure. Steele dossier is a f- bunch of bullcrap. Right. And they ran it. They ran the accusations against Kavanaugh, the baseless ac- accusations against Kavanaugh. And there were more of them coming out of the woodwork every day that were even more baseless. Each new one, each new one was more ridiculous. And they ran it as fact. They ran baseless rumors as fact. They've ignored Tara Reid. They look at something like this where there's more, evi- there's more evidence and they say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't. First, I heard them say that we can't let you guys see this because um, it has, it's just allegations and there's not enough evidence. Well, that's what I first heard them say. And you're like, wait, back up, back up because you guys ran a story just a, a couple months ago, a month ago about how Trump called veterans and, and troops uh, suckers and losers. Was that sourced? Was there evidence? No, not one named source, completely anonymous, and you ran it front page news nonstop, to the to the degree where it's, it's taken as verbatim truth on social media now. You know people with TDS who are running around saying, Trump said this, yeah? Who said that? Who said that he said that on record, who? No one. They ran it as fact. They run anything as fact that they think helps the narrative and the outcome that they want. And then they take stuff like this and they say, oh, there's not enough evidence. And when people point it out, it's a hard drive. There's photos. There's emails. There's
0: probably terabytes of evidence. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There's terabytes of (laughs) evidence. We can look at it with our own eyes, okay? And then what do they say? Then I heard the next next justification that I heard was, well, okay, there might be evidence, but we don't like the way that it was obtained, that it it was hacked. We don't like the way it was obtained. Okay, what about the way that Trump's taxes were obtained? You ran that. You well, ran that actually, and that's become such a part of the narrative. But in the, in the town hall last night, they, they asked Trump about the taxes question. They're fine with it.
0: Yeah. And just to be clear, the taxes – so Trump is saying that the numbers are wrong on the taxes. But assuming that the taxes were, were, are correct, this is accurate. That is an illegal leak of information. It's illegal to do that. Someone illegally leaked the taxes. This crap – the guy, Hunter, left the computer there. I imagine when you drop off your computer, you just, you sign a thing, kind of like when you go to uh, a, a pawn shop or whatever. Like, it becomes their property if you don't pick it up. That's generally how that stuff works. This isn't even illegally obtained. This isn't even illegal. This is just, huh, maybe he fell asleep with his crack pipe and forgot about his laptop. I don't know. But he left it there. He left it. This is not even illegal. This isn't hacked. That's a lie. That's a lie, this is not hacked.
1: And even if it, and even if it, it's not hacked, but if it were- Even if it were- And it were right. damaging to Trump, they would run it. They would run it with less, than, they, would, they wouldn't even feel a need to show you the stuff on the laptop. They would just tell you, trust us, here's what's on it. Yes. The <laughs> double standard, it should be insulting to you. And and it, it doesn't matter, again, I don't care what you think about Trump. You can hate him, you don't have to vote for him. You can. But if this doesn't insult your intelligence, you are not paying attention. And if it doesn't give you pause and, and give you concern about where we're heading in this country, you're not paying attention. Because if you're the kind of person who, who says, okay, I'm cool with censorship and mass manipulation and I'm cool with propaganda because I think it's currently benefiting my quote, unquote, side, and you can't look two steps down the road to, what about when it's not benefiting your side? What kind of culture, what kind of country are we becoming? You're okay with this? Like, I don't understand you. And you're not a liberal. You're not a liberal if you support this. You should be outraged.
0: I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm laughing because sinister looking kid in chat says, it's illegal to read the New York Post. I could totally hear Cuomo (laughs) saying that on CNN. Yeah,
1: well, look, Chris Cuomo. Yeah, Chris Cuomo, who went on, on CNN and told us, It's illegal for you to read WikiLeaks emails. Leave that to us, the media. It's different for us. Let us tell you what to think about it. B.S. It it wasn't illegal. It's not illegal for you to read that information. But that's one of the few times. I'm so glad he did that because that's one of the few times they told you what they really think, which is we are here to tell you what to think. We are here to tell you what information you're allowed to look at and to steer you towards what we think is the best outcome because we are your intellectual and moral betters. Yep. Like, get in line, sheep. Pull the lever the way we want you to. It's yeah, so I, insulting.
0: Carrie, I was telling you before the show, as much as I don't – I like, I generally don't care about politics. They are making me care about politics in a massive way because yes. I am – this is so angering Um. Be, be, because it is so blatant and it's so antithetical. To the ideas that are necessary for a free society, if this if this crap is is let to continue, it's not hyperbole to say that we'll be living in a Stalinesque or or a Chinese authoritarian version. Like that is what Here. will happen. That is Here. what will happen. Well, yeah. I mean, I I mean
2: we're it's, we're entering it's
1: already it, begun. but yeah, yes, it's already begun, and it, and I don't know if we, I don't know if it can be pulled back, right, unless Unless liberals open their freaking eyes.
0: Right. And this is what people, when we say the cathedral, this is what we mean. And this is is one of those examples that, you know, you should be able to put your partisanship aside and look at this and recognize objectively the manipulation and bias that is happening here. And we just mentioned what Facebook did. Facebook— Reduced its distribution. Twitter. Twitter uh, banned. First of all, they banned posting links to the article completely. They banned posting links. You could not link to the, a New York Post article. They then banned New York Post. They shut down New York Post account. It's back. But they, they suspended New York Post's account. They suspended uh, uh, Kaylee McEnany's, the White House press secretary's account, for linking to the article. This is – they suspended the the White House press secretary Twitter account for linking to a New York Post article, and they suspended the New York Post. Do you get that? Do you get that? They, is that not clear?
1: They, they put the article up on a government website, and then they blocked that. They yes. blocked the link to our own government's site yes. with information. You can't read it.
0: Yes, and then <laughs> – and then they had the audacity. This is this even pisses me off. On top of it all, so obviously they got some pushback for this. Not enough, but some. And Jack, our, our beloved Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter,
3: his oh apology boy.
0: looks like this. His apology is it's a non-apology. Anyone who's uh, had had to have like a spouse or someone apologize or a kid, it's one of those apologies that like the kid makes that he doesn't want to apologize and he's hoping it counts. Our communication around our actions on the New York Post article was not great. <laughs> you don't say. Uh,
1: uh, By wait, the way, wait, wait, hold on. he's saying I'm our
0: communication our around communication. our actions. Not our actions. So, just our communication. The actions.
1: Right. Right. He's fine with censoring and blocking and telling you what you have a right to read. Right. It's just the way in which he communicated it to the sheep. I didn't paint it on the barn wall the right way. Yes. Let me paint it a different way. I used way the wrong me. color.
0: And, and blocking URL sharing via tweet or DM with zero context. Oh, it's the lack of context. As to why we're blocking is unacceptable. So basically he's saying, I'm sorry I didn't explain to you why we were doing this. Not I'm sorry I did this. He's not at all sorry for blocking this. At all. He's sorry for failing to use words that would make you shut up when he blocked it. Because the words he used didn't make you shut up. Now, my favorite response to this is from Ted Cruz. Have you seen this letter? No. Ted Cruz's oh, letter Cruz. is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz gets brownie points for this letter. I'm not going to read the whole letter. But he basically says, please provide, this is to Jack, please provide the following information immediately to the subcommittee on the Constitution. One, who made the decision to prevent users from sharing the story? On what basis did they make that decision? Two, When was the New York Post made aware of Twitter's decision and what process was afforded to it to to contest the censorship? Three, has Twitter prevented the New York Times, Washington Post or any other major news outlet from posting its own reporting? If so, when? Four, this is my favorite one. My favorite one's four. If Twitter did not prevent BuzzFeed from sharing its reporting on the Steele dossier or the New York Times reporting on President Trump's tax returns, please explain a politically neutral principle for why the reporting is treated differently. They cannot. I love
1: you, Ted They Cruz. cannot.
0: And he's got a few more. Uh, yeah. Has Has Twitter ever restricted a story published by a major news outlet about Donald J. Trump during his four years as president? Has Twitter or any of its... Uh, employees involved in the decision to censor this reporting been in contact in any capacity with the Biden-Harris campaign or any of its representatives regarding the reporting or allegations contained herein. Um, Great response. Great response from Cruz. Twitter's response this morning is this. Vijaya Gad, she was the one, I think, who appeared on Joe Rogan, sitting next to Jack Dorsey. She's the lawyer. Oh, gosh.
1: Oh, gosh. She's awful.
0: Yeah, she's awful. Uh, She says... Over the last 24 hours, we've received significant feedback from critical to supportive about how we enforced. Oh, our-
1: oh, oh look, I like they throw that in as if that some matters. Like hey, guys, some people supported slavery. Hey, guys, some people supported but, what happened in Nazi Germany. Right. Oh, some, some people supported this censorious action of ours. They, su- they supported tyranny and oppression. Right. She's trying to make it so sound neutral. Just- Yeah, but just want to let you know, some people support this immoral and ethical action. It's an immoral and ethical (laughs) action, but, you know, some people supported it. Right. Sorry. Yeah. No,
0: I think that's the same defense that uh, Charles Manson can use. Well, some people in my group supported it. Uh, Okay. (laughs) uh, We've received significant feedback about how we enforced our hacked materials policy yesterday. After reflecting on this feedback, we've decided to make changes to the policy and how we enforce it. Oh, good. Too little, too late. Let's see what they say. Why the changes? We want to address the concerns that there could be many unintended consequences to journalists, whistleblowers, and others in ways that are contrary to Twitter's purpose of serving the public conversation. More bullshit. We put the hacked materials policy in place back in 2018 to discourage and mitigate harms associated with – harms is the worst word. I hate when people use this word nowadays. Harms associated with hack and hacks and other and unauthorized exposure of private information. We tried to find the right balance between people's privacy and the right of free expression, but we can do better. Yeah, like tax returns. We we would never publish, for example, the president's tax returns if they were hacked illegally, right? We've recently added new product capabilities, such as labels, to provide people with additional context. We are no longer limited to tweet removal as an enforcement action. We believe that labeling tweets and empowering people to assess content for themselves better serves the public interest and public conversation. The hacked material policy is being updated to reflect these new enforcement capabilities. So what's changing? One, we'll no longer remove hacked content unless it is directly shared by hackers or those acting in concert with them. Two, we will label tweets to provide context instead of blocking links from being shared. So this is their fallback position. So their fallback position is, well... You're, you caught us. We can't actually stop you from seeing it. Plus, they probably realize there's a bit of a Streisand effect. So instead, what we're kind of try and do is get out in front of the narrative and frame the thing that you see before you click on it. We want to make sure we can frame it. So in in frame front it. of tweets like yeah. this, we'll say, this is fake news. It is probably wrong. And in front of Trump tax returns or steel dossiers, we won't say anything. Uh, we won't say anything.
1: In, uh, fact, in fact, we'll use – more aggressive, will use manipulative language to make it seem like fact. And you know what, they do do that. Look at the two town halls last night. Look at all the questions, the ridiculous questions they asked Trump about stuff that's been debunked, that's fake, and stuff that they've put out there that uh, there's an obvious double standard, like they asked him about the taxes, right, okay? Did they ask Joe Biden a single question about the New York Post story or Hunter Biden and his dealings with Ukraine and Burisma? Not one question. No. Nope. Not one question. No,
0: nope. no, they didn't. Uh, I'm going
1: to try and bring it down. I'm yelling. I realize it. No, I'm no, sorry. no.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. And, and that's why Uh, I think I said this last night during that. I was watching the Hunter one or the Hunter one, the Joe Biden one first, because I was really curious. Did Twitter succeed? Did they quash the story enough that no one would ask a question about Hunter Biden? And they did. So they did. victory for Jack. No one asked. Um, and, and we can get in the, we can get into the town halls later, but one of the things that struck me most about the town halls was that the first 20 minutes of the Trump town hall was just him arguing with Savannah, uh, Guthrie. It was not questions from the audience at all. It was just like a reporter yelling at Trump, but okay. So, so all this happened. Here's Twitter's thing.
1: But to that point, let me just underline what you're saying here. They create, they create this false reality. That some people choose to live in. They have the power to do that. They don't have to. They don't have to. Uh, per, you know. They, they don't have to make sure the story doesn't come out anymore. If there is some intrepid journalist who's going to break a story that the cathedral doesn't like, that big social and big media social social media and the legacy media don't like. If somebody breaks a story, all they have to do is keep it from populating social media, and then they have the illusion of this not being real news. And right. then you go to something like a town hall or a debate, and you have these mouthpieces for the cathedral there uh, acting as moderators, these legacy media people sitting there, and they participate in this delusion, in this false reality, as if this didn't happen, as if this news story didn't come out, right? as if we don't have questions about And shouldn't have questions about Biden's dealings with Ukraine. And they and now you're it's we're living in in a Orwellian dystopian novel. And it's I don't know. I I think
0: Orwell and Hux and Huxley and uh, Bradbury. Yeah. They all collaborated on on our modern script. But
1: yes. Yeah. And is it amazing, though? Is it amazing the people in your life that you know who are asleep? The zombies, the, the people who are just sleepwalking and getting pumped full of the propaganda every day. And but I
0: think that's most I, people. Most people are living their lives, doing their thing, and it doesn't make – this is the thing. The, the cable newsrooms don't cover it because it's not on Twitter, and so it doesn't become a story, so it doesn't get covered in, in cable. Like People don't people don't get you – people don't, uh, don't get this information. They just don't. It does work. Suppression does work, and as Scott Adams has pointed out, if you can't suppress, then be the first to frame the narrative, which is what Twitter's backup policy is here. This is what what Vijaya is saying like, okay, well, uh, I guess we can't censor, but don't worry, don't worry, left. We'll frame it, (laughs) we'll frame it for people so that they we still at least control the narrative as best we can. Um, and and
1: what do you what do you I I don't know. Again, I I just don't understand the people who are still asleep at this point. I was thinking if I had never woken up, would I would I see something like this and and and, and remain blind, would it not would it not crack put a crack in some of my allus- illusions? Would it not shake me a little bit? I don't know. If this know.
0: isn't if this doesn't shake you, uh then you really need to question your own intellectual honesty because you're fooling yourself. Be, probably, be, look, I get it. Um, it's, it's hard to push back on any of this stuff and you're probably surrounded by a bunch of people who listen to NPR and are like, you know, this is fake news. But um, you re- this really should concern you left or right politically. I mean, Especially- unless you want to live under Stalin, this should concern you.
1: Especially um. if you're a liberal, especially if you're liberal. And I know, I know we have, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional about it. I know we have a lot of liberals who are watching our show now. I've been meeting you and it makes me very happy that there are our fellow liberals waking up and I am so glad you're here. And uh, if you have any fears about, because when I first started waking up, you know, people have, a lot of this is psychological. You have a you have a part of your identity wrapped up in in your poli- your politics right and in calling yourself a liberal and in, and and when you start waking up and you start asking questions you're going to feel like am i crazy am i what's happening to me and you might even be afraid you might be afraid what am i becoming a cons- i can't become a conservative oh, no! and and i just want you to know you, you maybe you will become a conservative i don't know but there Those is the nothing those are not the only two options, for, but I'm just saying, even if whatever your fear is about yourself, maybe that will happen, but maybe it won't. It is it is the most liberal position to be against censorship and to be against propaganda and, and mass manipulation of the American people. That is the most liberal position. And, and we need to reclaim that word. And liberals need to wake up because... This isn't a partisan issue. This is not a Republican Democrat thing. It's not, look, where are we we going to be culturally? Look look past your nose. Trump won't be here, you know, whether it's this election or in four years, there'll be someone else. Where are we heading? And I hope if you're a liberal who looked at the Patriot Act with skepticism, like you should have if you're a liberal, that you're looking at this and you're saying, My God, the power that we're giving to big social and to legacy media, where is this taking us? And and think back to the books you read in school. Get them out again. Read it. All of you people on the left, I know you you're in my social media feeds. When Trump won, you were all like posting pictures you were out buying 1984, and I was like, okay, they're buying it for the wrong reasons. But maybe they'll read it. <laughs> read it. <laughs> OK, I don't think they That's will. My but
0: no, I look, look, I think it's a great time to here's the thing that I would say to I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a liberal, um, nor am I a conservative. But here's the thing I would say to liberals, self, self-described self liberals. Now's the time to question. Look, you, remember the question authority stuff in the 80s and 70s and 60s? Remember, remember Noam Chomsky? I think he's still around, right? Remember the, the being afraid of the military industrial complex? Uh, re- remember all of that? Now is the time to question the political parties. Step outside of the political parties. Do not subscribe. Don't say I'm a Democrat and, I, and everything the Democrats do is right or I'm a Republican and I'm always on the Republican side. Step outside the parties and start... And once you do that, it can be liberating in terms of your intellectual exploration because you can realize, oh, actually, the reason I was for this one thing is because of this principle. And actually, I think it properly applied. Maybe it's this other way. And actually, neither party does it or this party does it better than that party or they do it here, but this other party on this other case applies this principle better over here. And actually, it's a mix of the... like. Step outside because those those two parties are the cages they want to keep your political thought in. They want you to be caged by Republican and Democrat. And that's why the liberals that self-identify as liberal get scared because they, they are told there are only two cages and if you're not in ours, you're in the bad cage. That is not true. That is a lie. You do not have to be in either cage. You can think for yourself. For yourself. Um... I, one more thing, though, on this, Carrie. Yes. I want to show you something else. This might also piss you off. So okay. I'm sorry. But
1: do that because now I'm sad. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm sorry in advance. So here's here's the Jack uh, apology. This morning, <clears throat> getting ready for the show, I'm on Twitter. And over here on the right-hand side of Twitter, we all have these things like relevant people they recommend, what's happening, Right. So the thing and what's happening, which has since been updated, but my thing and what's happening said something other than this. Right now it says there's no record of Joe Biden using the term super predator. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but whatever. It doesn't matter. They're going to say it. They're going to say he said a super predator, not super predator. Who knows? Okay. So <laughs> over here was a link to a different thing, and it was this. It said... Joe Biden did not push the Ukrainian prosecutor for investigating his son, the Washington Post reports. So this showed up for me. Ah, crap. I don't know what I just did. There we go. This showed up for me right over here on the right-hand side. And it didn't have any, like, it wasn't, like, click for a news story so I could read the story or find out where it came from. It just said this. but So I clicked on that, and it brought me to this page. And I was like, OK, so maybe this is a news article. I'm going to go get to see who wrote it, what they say, what the explanation is. But it doesn't appear to be that either. It just says politics, right? Joe Biden did not push out a Ukrainian prosecutor for investigating his son. The Washington Post reports. OK, where is there a link to a Washington Post story about this? No. Uh, What does it say? It, let's just read it. A series of emails obtained by the New York Post. So this is them. By the way, they are now trying to build. Twitter is pushing this. This looks like it must have been written by Twitter, by the way. There's no other by, There's no byline here. So let's assume this must be written by Twitter, put on the Twitter feed on the right to push a, a, a counter narrative. Okay. What does it say? A series of emails obtained by the New York Post were published on Wednesday in a story alleging that Hunter Biden, the son of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, introduced his father to a top executive at Ukrainian energy firm Burisma and that Biden pushed for the firing of a prosecutor investigating Burisma. However, according to The Washington Post, no links, by the way, no article, then Vice President Biden played no role in pressuring Ukrainian officials into firing the prosecutor, who also was not investigating the energy firm. It also doesn't detail whether the elder Biden actually met with Hunter's Ukrainian business associate. Now, I looked for this Washington Post article. There was an article from 2019 that made these claims, uh, but obviously, such an article would not have been written after the release of this hard drive. I did find I did find a, a more recent analysis from the Washington Post, and actually, if I I don't even know if I even have it. Hold on, I might have it up here. Yeah. Here's the recent analysis, October fifteenth, on Biden's and Ukraine, wild claims with little basis. Okay, so I'm, let's let's hear the other side. Here's their points. What did Biden do in Ukraine? They just explained what I said: fifty thousand dollars a month for his quote service. They say, well, he's a lawyer by training, so therefore he was worth fifty k a month to a Ukrainian gas company to sit on their board. Okay, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Maybe some bad judgment because it looks bad, but nothing, okay? By the way, nothing, neither of those points negate anything that was in the hard drive, okay? Why did Burisma come under scrutiny? Its founder um, was swept from off, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. He, served, he was the natural resources uh, minister under a president who was swept from office. There was corruption claims. Okay, money laundering. Okay. What criminal charges? None. There was no criminal charges at the end of the day. Okay, well, fine. That doesn't matter either. What does Trump say? Without substantiation, Trump has said and tweeted that the Biden family was paid off, pure and simple. Well, he's got reason to believe that. Yeah, it's a claim, but he's got reason to believe it. Where does Joe Biden fit in? Um, He was the point person for the Ukraine. Um, And then what evidence suggests that Biden's motive? Pretty much none. Evidence. So I just want to point something out here. The sleight of hand, there's a few sleight of hands that are happening. One is... In number four here, they say, quote, There's also no known evidence that any of the investigations ever involved Hunter Biden. That is never, that's never been the claim. No one has ever claimed that the investigations involved Hunter Biden. The claim is the investigations, they were investigating the company and the company hired Hunter Biden for an exorbitant fee to sit on a board and introduce them to his father, who could make the investigations go away. That is the claim. It has nothing to do with investigating Hunter Biden. But they've they've moved the goalpost here and said, well, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Well, no one said it did. The other claim that I've seen The Washington Post make is say, well, th- there was no investigation. The investigation was dead. Well, Maybe that's debatable, but it's certainly debatable, which makes it a point of contention here that should be talked about. Shokin, the guy who was hired or sorry, uh, fired, the prosecutor, he actually uh, he argued that as a result of the curtailed uh, as a result, Biden curtailed an objective investigation, criminal proceedings on the facts of unlawful activities of persons associated with the company Burisma Holdings, including the son of a specific high ranking official. Um, Shokin, this is the guy who was fired, that Biden got fired, that Biden brags about getting fired. So that's the other thing. Bra- yeah, Biden bragged about getting him fired.
1: That. Let me jump in on that because people pointing that out in the chat. There's video. Yeah, here's There's the video. video. I have the video. Do you want it? No, I want to read this. There's video of Biden bragging about this, and you can watch it with your own eyes. I don't want to play it because I just don't want to. It's fine.
0: It's whatever. Right here.
1: Here's 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 the transcript, though. Where he's bragging and he says this is from january 23rd 2018 he says and i'm desperately concerned about the backsliding on the part of kiev in terms of corruption they made i mean i'll give you one concrete example i was not i but it just happened to be that was the assignment i got i got all the good ones and so i got to ukraine and i remember going over convincing our team our leaders to convincing them that we should be providing for loan guarantees and i went over i guess in the 12th, or 13th time to Kiev, and I was supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee, and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from, how do you say that guy's name? Yats... I can't I'm not say sure. it. Yatsenyuk. That they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to a press conference. I said, nah, I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars, They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. And then people laugh when he says this. And he says, I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. And everyone laughs. He got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Where there's still, so they made some genuine, substantial changes institutionally and with people, but one of the three institutions, there's now some backsliding. That's him bragging.
0: Right. The video's right here, which I guess we could have just played, but we didn't. (laughs) So.
1: Kerry played the part of Joe Biden
0: sitting here bragging. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So look, uh, Shokin is this guy that that Biden pushed to get fired, and Shokin specifically says, uh, that. He he's referring to a documentary that was released about uh, Ukraine Gate. He said, which challenges the Western media claims that the corruption investigation into Burisma was dormant at the time Biden was lobbying for Shokin's dismissal. So the the Western media providing cover for the Bidens has been arguing, well, he wasn't actually in the middle of investigating. And the other thing that you'll hear them say is, you'll hear them say, well, actually, because I've se- I've seen this argument. Actually, Shokin wasn't investigating, and that was the problem. And so actually, Biden wanted him fired because he wasn't doing a good job investigating corruption. He wanted someone to invest like, better at investigating. It was the opposite. Look, we don't know the truth. But what we do know is that this smells really bad. There's a lot of evidence here to suggest that there's a problem. And if it were... Anyone else, if it were anyone that the cathedral, uh, that was not in the good graces of the cathedral, that wasn't part of the cathedral's plans, that person would have to answer a lot of uh, very direct and probing questions about what the hell was going on in the Ukraine. Why? Why was your son getting paid 50K a month to sit on a board? Why was he getting... Requests to meet with you. Why did you meet with the board people? Why did you then fire, like, fire this prosecutor? Now, the other thing that the, uh, or push for the firing of the prosecutor, the other thing that the Western media, a lot of the Western media will say is, well, everyone, this is false because everyone supported getting rid of that prosecutor. Other people in Europe wanted that prosecutor gone. And so it was lauded as a good thing that Biden did. That may be true. Maybe it was lauded as a good thing that Biden did. Who cares? That's not relevant to why. Like, that's not relevant to the contract of uh, conflict of interest. It's not related, right? Maybe, maybe his thing that he did to help Burisma happened to be something that other people in the EU wanted done. That doesn't matter. It still needs to be investigated. And if this were anyone else, it would. Well, except for the Clintons, it wouldn't be. But if it were anyone else, <laughs> this would be investigated.
1: That's 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 the story again. It again because we can get lost in the details of of Biden's dealings with the Ukraine and his son and Burisma. But the bigger story is that if if it were Trump, it would be nonstop. They impeach Trump over something that Joe Biden presumably has done, arguably has done. Are they going to investigate and figure? No, they're not going to. So they, it's weird. You know the Sololensky tactics, right? Rules for radicals which we've talked about before. Mm. You you hold your enemy and they all follow this. They've mentioned Sololensky before. You hold your enemy to a different standard than yourself. Wrote
0: a thesis on Saul Alinsky.
1: Yeah. They they project. They accuse you of doing the things that they have done. Yep. Because then think about what a mad Jimmy Dore talks about this a little bit, and those of you on the left, you might enjoy Jimmy Dore. He's a progressive who's talked about the big Russia hoax, the impeachment hoax, and every. They create this cloud of uh, of suspicion, and they create a lot of smoke around things that they've done. Because then, when when if 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 it comes out, if their dirty secrets come out. Then they get to say, "That's absurd that you would accuse us of this thing that we've spent three years investigating you for." You know what I mean? It's like we've no, you're the one, you're the one. It's a finger pointing thing. Mm-hmm. i we've already we accused you first of that. It's like yeah, but there's evidence that you did it,
0: <laughs> right? But this is how this is how they do it. This is how the cathedral operates. Um, and you see it. The big one to me, one of the biggest red flags is when when they're not. And this is almost always, but when they're not having an open discussion about both sides of an issue. So this is a great example. Are they having an open discussion about like on CNN? Well, let's look at the facts about Biden's son and Hunter Biden and Brisbane and blah, blah, blah. And well, there's this. But on the other hand, there's that and blah, blah, blah. And let's 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 dig into it. Nope. They're shutting down one side and only having a narrative pushed on the other side. In fact, Twitter, as we just saw, is intentionally trying to push a different narrative than the facts that came out in the New York post would suggest. They did the same thing with masks and COVID. Well, the doctors that say the thing that we want to be said, they get airtime. We talk about only their things and anyone who pushes back, anyone who questions any aspect of this, uh, automatically gets banned from YouTube, shut down, called a quack. It's a conspiracy theory. It's ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. That is, we do not have an actual we don't have journalism, just like everything else that the left does. It's the opposite of their intent. We don't have journalism. We have anti-journalism. We have propaganda. We have misinformation. Journalism today is anti-journalism. It's, yeah. The cathedral is, is trying to prevent you from finding out the truth, not trying to give you the truth to make up your mind. They're trying to prevent you from finding out the truth. That's what they do.
1: And, and, and again, to any liberals who are watching, because again, I, I've been fortunate to meet a few of you. And when you first start waking up, I know, and I can remember when it was like this for me. It's really hard to, it's really hard to come to grips with the fact that that, not that you're wrong about about one thing, but that something that you've believed in that's part of your foundational beliefs has been so manipulated, and that you've been misled and lied to. I'm like your foundation at your foundational level. Right. And when you first start waking up to some of this stuff, you know, you don't want to believe that the intelligence agencies in the U S and that our our legacy media and that our social media companies are all trying to feed us a false version of reality. It's like, why would they do that? That's, that's absurd. Why, you know, I, that's hard for me to swallow. You don't have to swallow it at the beginning. Just start looking. Just start looking at a few stories. Look at how Carter pointed this out the other day, and it's one of the first things I noticed, is when they're telling you what to think, what what, what Carter's saying, what you're saying, they're not journalists. They're the opposite of journalists. They're the opposite of journalists. Look at most legacy news articles. Look at most of the talking heads on cable news. They are telling you what to think. Really look closely at the words they choose. And then in the articles... Look and see. Do they include links to source material when they're telling you what Trump said at his recent speech and what you should think about it? Do they include a link where you can watch his his words in context and watch the speech yourself? Do they include a transcript? Do they make it easy to find? Start looking at how often do they give you the source material? That's one little thing you can start being observant about. You don't have to change all of your beliefs overnight. You don't have to. You know, put on some tinfoil hat. Just pay attention to the way that they are steering you towards conclusions, and they're not providing you with information. And then they're actively working to suppress stories they don't want you to read.
0: Yeah, yeah, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the sh- on the show that we recorded. But you know, as I've been doing this show because I like to look for source material, uh, I've I've noticed this. You go go try and find source material for anything. A video, a transcript, a uh, an email that was alleged to have been sent, e- even, even statements that were made. Um, they don't – mainstream media doesn't link – as a rule, they don't link to it. They don't link yeah. to it. Uh, you actually have to do a significant amount of searching to find source material. That should scare the hell out of you. Yeah. That should scare the hell and out they- of you and it should tell you something about the people that you're getting news from.
1: And some of the biggest examples is let's take their favorite punching bag, their favorite, the thing that everything is about, because it obscures what's really going on. Trump Trump is like the tree that you can't see the forest for. They get you so focused on this man that you can't see all this other stuff. You, you look at a story like this, you think it's about Trump and Biden. It's not. I mean, it, it is on one level, but in a much bigger, broader, more important level, this is about media manipulation and censorship. That's what this is about. But if you're just focused on Trump and trying to defend censorship because you hate Trump and because this is this is bad for Biden, who's running against like you're 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 playing this like, you know, on this lower level here, look at the look at the big picture. So but let's but let's for a second take that take that big tree that's blocking the forest for you. Look at some of the lies that they have pushed. And I can, I'll say lie because I've gone and watched the source material and I've read the transcripts. They've pushed these lies so successfully that some of you watching probably still believe these things and are going to be shocked that somebody would say it's a lie. They pushed it so successfully that in the debates, our presidential debates, we have the legacy media figures and we have the other presidential candidate from the opposing party stating lies as truth, blatant lies. Um, one of the biggest ones you can go watch for yourself is the Charlottesville speech, yep. where they he's, they they repeat ad nauseum that he called white supremacists very fine people. He did not, he did not go watch the speech, go read the transcript. He specifically denounces white supremacists in that speech. Read the con, take one, take one of these things and go look at it, and maybe that maybe that's the crack in your foundation that's going to make you start questioning a few other things. Remember back if you're – I know I'm, I'm talking to liberals a lot, but like remember back to the Iraq war? Remember how they were gaslighting us and lying to us about yellow cake uranium? Remember how they this But that was Cheney. That's not
0: that's not Chris Cuomo. Yeah,
1: but see, but you could see it then. You could see it then because because it was coming from a Republican administration. I could see it then because it was coming from Bush and I was critical of Bush. And I looked at everything and I paid attention. I stopped paying attention when Obama became president. You probably are not paying attention to the Biden stuff because you like him or you know, because he's not Trump. Remember how you felt when they lied to us and when the CIA and the Republican administration colluded with legacy media and colluded with networks like CNN to sell us a baseless lie. And remember how you felt. I'm saying remember that because I think some of you have forgotten. And yep. it doesn't matter what party's doing it. That's why I say don't be so short-sighted. Once we've set this precedent, once we've crossed this line where we allow big social and legacy media to collude, to push – with the intelligence agencies to to push the narrative that they want, to push this false reality that we're living in, like that doesn't – you're not safe from that.
0: Right. You're I, not
1: safe I, from that. What can I, can yeah. I point
0: something out that might make the liberals feel a little bit better? I am not saying that the cathedral is leftist. I don't believe the cathedral is leftist. I believe the cathedral is statist. And they certainly have a left lean, and they certainly prefer the Democrats to the Republicans, but they absolutely will run cover for Bushes, Romneys, Cheney's, anyone that's in the Republican establishment that is uh, McCain, anyone that is towing the the duopoly line anyone who wants to get into wars anyone who wants to expand the government anyone who wants to keep the deep state active anyone who wants to expand the deep state and erode our freedoms which republicans do often it's republicans are responsible for the patriot act right so that that is their agenda it is not that they're a bunch of democrats they are but that's that's not the primary thing. The the thing that freaks them out about Trump is he's not a Republican either. Right? That's he's that not, he's, he's not yeah. a deep stater. He's not he's an outsider. He's he really is an outsider. Yeah, he's got issues we can talk about, but he's an outsider.
1: And this is why I'm excited about for book club, the next book that we're doing, so on Sunday we're we're discussing Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, but the book we're doing after that is uh, I'm blanking on the name now. Carter.
0: Oh, the book just, after that man, is man, called "Management of Savagery" by Matthew.
1: Yeah, "Management of Savagery," and this is a book that is examining the U.S. interventions in the Middle East and is sort of looking at some of the deep state apparatus, and it's not partisan. Again, when I say Trump is the is the big tree that you can't see the forest for, so is the so is this whole this. This BS about right and left, this BS about Democrat and Republican and all it matters so much, you know, one party's the good guys, one party's the bad guys. It's not true. If you think that's true, you're not paying attention to the bigger strokes that are happening. You're not it. the, The most important thing you need, I think people need to figure out when they look at something is, is this as we've talked about, is this authoritarian. Right. Or is this individualist or libertarian? Is this is this about more government control? Is this about control by the media, control um, by the elite, control by those who want to keep us in perpetual wars, who want to shore up power and resources for the elite, and keep the subservient sheep distracted by right left stuff? This is why. This is or, why when I
0: have conversation yeah. with Nico House, with which whom I disagreed with him about a lot of things, but this is why. Um, this is why they want to keep us from having conversations across across the political aisle, because yes. at the end of the day, um, again, I probably disagree with a lot of, uh, fundamentally, philosophically with Nico, I'm not trying to say that you know we agree on a bunch of stuff, but we can have a real civil conversation, and part of that conversation involves a mutual enemy, right? We might not agree on everything, but we do share a mutual enemy, and when that enemy is talked about, we both go, "Oh yeah, that is the enemy." And that's the enemy. That enemy is basically the state. It's it's a lot of the st- it's not the state generally, but you know, we talked about Nico and I talked about the Federal Reserve. You talk about you talk about actions that the state has taken to set up an aristocracy of elites versus everyone else. On that we can agree. And that's what they that's a conversation they don't want us having. They want the conversation to be, well, I like my elite, uh, and you like yeah. your elite, and we're going to argue over which elites get into power. And uh, so far they're we're winning. So far that is the conversation over,
1: we're having. We're going to argue over this f- false reality. We're going to argue over the false issues that they're pushing and, the, and the, this polarization that they've created around nonsense – Right. And instead of looking at what's really happening and, and, you know, deep state was something that as a person on the left, we talked about it. That was, that was, you know, mother Jones ran articles about it. Then Dennis Kucinich just talked about it. it. Suddenly when it's someone on the right criticizing deep state, now the left, many people on the left anyway, are, have become such marionettes, such puppets that they're like, Oh, Trump said the deep state. Oh, the, then I guess I can't the deep state's not a thing because I've got to oppose everything he says and does. So suddenly right. you're not concerned about the deep state anymore? You're not concerned about the war machine?
0: Yep. And 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 I I think the just personally the way that I look at this is this is not the a lot of this isn't new, but their ability to manifest their control over us is has been exponentially increased in the past several years so um that's what makes this scary to me (sighs) let's let's do should we do some super chats i feel like we've
1: let's slow it down guys we got a little angry and i got a little sad and now we're gonna just slow it down to recent super chats thank you guys
0: (laughs) richard pets thank you richard richard says beware philosophical zero day exploits great show guys as always Is there a virus out again? Uh, Judge Lott. Here's a late happy birthday, Carrie.
1: Yay! Thank you, Judge Lott. It's my birthday month.
0: Now now, now (laughs) I got to scroll. Now I got to scroll. Here we go. Another one from Judge Lott. Uh, Wow, 50 bucks. Thank you, Judge. Judge says, Carter, have you read Paul Gottfried? You should try to get him on the show. He's excellent. He has a slightly different take on politics being downstream of culture. He talks about culture also being strongly political and state mandated. I haven't, but that sounds interesting. And I know when I was talking to, I don't remember who it was, but we did an interview with someone and it might've been Tim Dukeman. Uh, and he pushed back on the politics downstream from culture thing. And I think there is, there is a feedback loop that I will concede does exist a little bit. Um, I would argue that in general, it's philosophy, then culture, then politics. But um, it's probably not mainstream culture. It's probably elitist culture. It's philosophy to elitist culture to politics. Um, Yes. Because the elitists control the politics, and then the politics can control mainstream culture. Yeah.
1: Yes. Politics controls mainstream culture. But, yeah, I I see that little
0: There's a nuance there. there. There's a nuance there. That would be a good conversation to have with someone who's thought about that a lot. Um, So Pirate Tomsky. Thank you, Pirate Tomsky. He gives us five pounds and says, I work in tech and was looking at some of the marketing tools. It's scary how much they know about people, even across IPs, private browsing. Yeah, by the way, I mean, unless you have a VPN in your house and even then, uh, they know know a know a lot. Everything that you do, they know. They know everything you do. You have zero priv. Don't think you have any privacy whatsoever. You do not. Um, which I I just sounds hyperbolic. It's just flatly it's true. It's true. I I, I don't it's know. It's true. I, I, if you don't believe that, you're just wrong. I'm sorry. The, the like look it up. Uh, Richard Pets. Another one from Richard. Carter Sweet Tooth. The only sweet thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> That is likely true, Richard. That is likely true. <laughs> uh, I do admit. It's this one over here. Um yeah, no, I do have uh I do have a sweet tooth and it's it's going to be it would be the death of me if I filled my house with cookies and ice cream and sweet stuff. uh I think I remember reading while I'm scrolling. I think I remember reading uh Obama, didn't Obama have someone else pick out his outfits every day or he had like some limited number of outfits because he didn't want to spend his decision-making energy on what to wear, which I thought was very smart. Because um, you do have like well, a limited amount of –
1: Huh? Ernest P. Whirl. Remember the Ernest Goes to Jail, all those movies? Ernest yeah. P. Whirl always wore the same outfit. Made uh, it really right. easy.
0: Well. <laughs> all right. Um, two bucks from Buttons Moynihan with no comment. Thank you, Buttons. Let's see, Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy gives us a super chat and says, "Can we agree that any institution that we refer to as big is part of the cathedral at this point?" I don't know. Probably most mostly. There's probably some that aren't. I don't know, but I, the correlation is probably very high. We'll agree to that at least. Uh, Mandy, Carter told me to shut up. <laughs> Please help me, Carrie. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Is that a microaggression, Mandy? Uh, Carrie, he's going to raid my refrigerator like a raging, tie-wearing barbarian and plunder my little Debbies. I very well might do that, Mandy. So keep those little Debbies (laughs) under lock and key. Uh, Another one from Buttons Moynihan uh, says, "Conspiracy conspiracy theory is the great American pastime. Even if these are lies, we have the right to engage. That is true, and um, it's this, but that's again as an elitist viewpoint of people, which is you're not believing the right things, therefore we should control you because you're so dumb, you're not, you're, you know, you're apt to believe, yeah. you know, dumb conspiracy theories, and you know, the truth is, I, I mean, I saw a meme about this the other day, uh, but it, it's just true, it's funny, it's right, okay, so the deep state agencies like the CIA and whatever, right, um, they get they get caught lying and doing bad things in the 50s they get caught lying and doing bad things in the 60s they get caught doing, doing lying and doing bad things in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s nothing has changed and we're supposed to believe that they're not lying and doing bad things now what what's the like that's yes. just kind of idiocy like we, we know we know that deep state agencies and I'm using the word deep state not to be a conspiracy theory but just the entrenched bureaucracy We know they lie and do bad things and get away with a lot and nothing has changed. There's been no reform. So So
1: why would there be a change? Why would there be a change? I I shared this this morning because I thought of it with all the censorship that's going on from Big Social in advance of the election. And if you guys haven't seen it, we covered this back when it happened. But um, you should go and watch on YouTube. Find Dr. Robert Epstein's testimony before Congress and Robert Let's Epstein get him on before not, the
0: election if we can. I'm gonna reach out to him. Sorry.
1: Make that, a note. I, so I Dr. Said Robert that part Epstein is not is Dr. Robert Epstein is not politically motivated. He voted for Clinton. He was very vocally supportive of Clinton. But he testified before Congress that social media, based on based on his analysis, social media swayed at least six million votes through manipulation of algorithms. Influencing uh, voters' opinions based on what news they let you see, based on algorithms for search results, and what actually comes up when you're looking for something, based on giving you the information they want you to see. And then he also said during his testimony that they were ramping it up because he said, you know, they were overconfident in 2016. You know, Zuckerberg, if he, he wanted said, to,
0: didn't they do like seven point two million? votes towards He's, hillary
1: in 2016 he said i think he said at least six million i, I, thought it was, I go yeah, look it up okay but he said but he said for um here just let me finish this part sorry <laughs> i'm losing track <laughs> he said he said that they swayed at least six million from what i recall and he said they were overly confident in 2016 and that zuckerberg could have if he had wanted to and we, we don't we don't know if he did. Maybe he did because there's no oversight. But if he had wanted to, he could have sent out, uh, for example, a reminder to go vote just to Democrats. And if he had done that, they, he would have gotten around, I think, you know, 800,000 something number of, of additional people to go vote that day. And we know we can. He said, I can extrapolate the numbers of people that would be influenced by such a message because Facebook did in 2010 attest test." where they sent out a go vote to go vote reminder to everyone and then they calculated how many additional people they got to the polls. And so if he chooses to if they choose to just selectively target people based on political affiliation, they could also sway directly how many people turn out. But but aside from that, aside from the ability to do that. They are manipulating us in all the ways that you talked about at the beginning, Carter. They're manipulating us by what news they allow us to see, what shows up in our feeds, who they shadow ban, what people they've permanently taken off of their platforms. Think about all the big influencers and new media people like Gavin, Milo, Milo.
0: Even Gavin small McKenna. ones like Mikey Harlow, who was in our chat.
1: Mike Harlow. All the people that were influential in 2016, who they silenced on purpose. Alex Jones, they oh, silenced yeah, him. You know you can't find these people on big social now and yeah they still have their own sites and stuff but if you think that that didn't cut into the uh the amount of influence they have in the public sphere you're wrong and they started doing it purposefully because they were shocked they were shocked that that trump won in 2016. so watch the robert epstein testimony watch the google video there's there's two google videos you should watch Watch the one of all the employees after the election where it's all the Google employees and they're on stage like crying and talking about how – as a company, how are we going to yeah. make sure this doesn't happen again? They I were think shocked. that was one of you our first see...
0: unsafe space videos was the Google yeah. video. Yeah.
1: You can see the shock on their faces and you can see them talking about how they're going to comfort and counsel the Google employees who are so – Uh, you know, upset by the, the election results and how are they as a company going to address this going forward? Watch that Google video. Then watch, here's the third one I'm going to recommend, watch the Project Veritas hidden camera video with the Google executive who admits on camera that since 2016, Google has taken it as their priority and their job to, quote, well, I shouldn't say quotes, I'm gonna paraphrase, but she says to make sure that a Trump situation doesn't happen again. Right. That they took that as their job because they view themselves as our intellectual and moral betters. That we are stupid sheep, that we need to be told how to vote and that they are gonna do everything in their power with their unlimited power of social media to influence us. Watch those three videos.
0: Yep. Yeah. And by the way, another one uh, that someone in chat mentioned, but I can't believe I forgot of was Molyneux was banned from Twitter as well. Yeah. I mean, all these oh, people. Yeah. Right. And he wasn't banned. Interestingly enough, Molyneux has been around for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. He's always been uh, the stuff he's been saying has always been controversial in in many senses. I don't think he's changed his his conversation very much, but he got political. Yeah. Uh, he got political. He started talking about politics, and I think I think that's I think that's what did it. I think that was it. They were like, "Okay, you can have your opinions, but don't start talking about politics." Um, you know, of course, I, they blamed it on something else. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll try and get Robert Epstein on. I'm not sure he'll 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 join. But um, by the way, the thing about Silicon Valley, they are very smart. Like, the people building this stuff are – they're very intelligent. Like, I don't – i we, this isn't a case of dummies doing stuff. They're very intelligent. Um, they, they recruit from Stanford and MIT and Berkeley. These are not dumb people at all. Yeah. In fact, yeah. you know, if I had to – the smartest people I know in the world, most of them are living in Silicon Valley. Um, yeah. I mean – and some of those are radical – well, by default, leftists. But um, – it's not, it's not an intelligence question. And when they get in that mindset, which they have been in for the past you know, 20 years, 15 years maybe, we'll say, 15, 10, 15 years, they've been in this mindset of manipulating humans. They didn't, I don't think they even started teaching that mindset with the intention to to do bad things. They didn't think about it as manipulating humans in a, in a real sense. They just thought of it as like, well, we need to get them to use our app to do this and to do that. And like, that became part of the mindset. So thinking about what, motivates humans and how to manipulate them to get them to do what you want is ingrained in part of the culture of Silicon Valley tech. That's part of the culture. So it's a very short leap to go from thinking of humans as thinking of humans as users whom you are trying to get to click on things. It's a very small leap to go from that to, well, we're manipulating them in general for their own good, right? Like that's once you, it's a dehumanization tactic, actually right and i don't think it was even meant as a dehumanization tactic but it's a it's a mindset that you get in in silicon valley which is like well this is how we get users to do what we want we measure this we do this we respond in these ways this is how they do it we you know feed it into these algorithms we figure out how to manipulate them but now you're thinking of humans as a as a puppy to train in a certain way that's how you think of humans yeah. you think of them as animals to yeah. train um and once you're thinking of them in that way again i don't think for nefarious reasons at first um, it becomes very easy to extend that to politics. So if humans over here, if the deplorables are saying things that don't comport with your understanding of reality, because you live in San Francisco and everyone's a leftist, well it must be that there's something wrong with these humans over here. Mm-hmm. Um they must be yeah. someone else must be manipulating, they must be my <laughs> Russians, right? Uh and so yeah. you've gotta counter the manipulation of them. Right. So it's almost like there's a competitor out there that's manipulating them in the wrong way. You've they've they've they do not think of humans as having free will. They think of humans as uh, black box algorithms that needs to be deconstructed so that they can get them to behave in the way they want. So they know what inputs yeah. stimulate what outputs. That's how they think about humans. They don't think about them as, as as people with free will. Again, not in an evil Machiavellian sense. It's just that's how they think about human beings. And then that can get applied to all this other stuff which is uh, – <laughs> where it gets really and, really scary
1: and it's it's like it goes back to that plato quote that we've read before plato said this and no other is the root from which a tyrant springs when he first appears he is a protector i have no doubt that a lot of these people who are pushing this in big social and in legacy media view themselves as somehow being america's protectors Oh, absolutely. That, the, that, the, that yeah. the public can't be trusted. We can't be trusted. We're, we, they view themselves as, again, as I said, not to belabor it, but they view themselves as intellectually and morally superior. And they think that they know what's best.
2: Their and I think a lot of kings. them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of them are like, well, OK, it's OK for us to censor and manipulate and push propaganda and try and force the outcome we want because we're doing it for these poor, dumb animals betterment. They don't understand. These poor dumb animals are going to vote for the mm-hmm. wrong person if we don't if we don't shepherd this the way we want it to go. And I think they justify it by very. Yeah. But you should be very, 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 very aware of this. Of this kind of dark, dark desire or dark um, willingness to accept dark methods in yourself, if you've, cause I'm sure we've all felt something like this in ourselves, where we ju- try and justify something that's wrong because we think the outcome is good. And it's a dark path. Once you've decided I'm gonna, it's okay to censor, it's okay to do this, it's okay to tell this lie, it's okay to, because this, my, my intent is good. Oh, you're on a dangerous path now. Yeah,
0: and, and I think part of the justification, by the way, I really believe this. I think they, well, you can see it in this Social Dilemma movie. Um, as much as everyone that watches this show probably recognizes the inanity of the Russia collusion narrative and Russia hacked our elections, they believe that. They believe that Russian interference is responsible. They believe that people like Alex Jones and, you know, what they would call crazy conspiracy theorists and the Russians propagated fake news on Facebook and that's why you dumb people voted for Trump. They, they honestly believe that wholeheartedly. So when they think about, well, we need to push things towards Biden and censor this and blah, 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 they think they're balancing the scales. They yeah. think that there's a bias against the good people, the Bidens and the Hillarys, and that there's a bias towards the bad people, the Trumps. And so... They're trying to even the playing field in their mind. They really believe this. I don't, most of these people, Jack Dorsey may be an exception, but most of these people don't believe that they are trying to manipulate you in any bad way. They feel like they're just fixing someone else's manipulation. You are being manipulated by fake news people, including the Russians. We have to fix it for you because you're being duped. That's how they view this make that and that is scary because that gives them the moral justification to do everything they're
1: doing to do everything they're doing yeah they believe it I know we, we've got to get to super chats, so we're gonna, yeah. never gonna get through them but Sorry. really quickly since you mentioned the documentary the plot against the president I went and watched it and oh you watched it I can't it's good right I can't recommend it enough so all of you guys go out I would say of All the documentaries I've watched in the past couple years, it's in my top three. I'd say right along with Hoaxed and Uncle Tom, go watch the plot against the president. And much like the conversation we're having about this, it's not even really about Trump. I don't care what you think of Trump. It's about our intelligence agencies colluding with our legacy media and with big social to push propaganda on the American people. That's what it's about. And it's terrifying.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do some, (sighs) we were, we were trying to make it through super (laughs) chest. We got stalled. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Pirate Tomsky Tomsky says, uh, he gives us five pounds and says, democracy dies in the darkness. The irony, it is, it is (laughs) ironic, right? I mean, again, they often say the opposite of everything, right? We're protecting democracy or we're, you know, it's the, it's the other guys who are colluding with Russia or but like it's always it's always the opposite it's always the opposite. Um, Chris says, uh, accept your Black Mirror or overlords, yeah." Uh, well, I mean, look, Black Mirror is is. I'm telling you, go go. Don't go live in Shenzhen, but like, go talk to someone who lives in Shenzhen, in China. Black Mirror is only mildly science fiction. It's not, it's not very science fiction. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's a little bit science fiction. It's there, yeah. and, uh, and there is no principled reason, why we wouldn't do the exact same thing here because we don't abide principles anymore. So it will happen here, um, absolutely. And I'm sure Facebook it's and already, Google and Twitter yeah, are already saw, salivating over it, and working on it.
1: So I, I saw. Um, Somebody was asking where to watch The Plot Against the President. I just put the link to the movie itself mm. has a website and and all the links are on the website, so it would go there. Yeah. Um, about along those lines with the Black Mirror thing, a friend of mine in the UK shared an article with me today which is like straight out of Black Mirror. I don't know if you saw this Carter, but it was uh wait, here it is. It's a headline. Shops now installing CCTV that blocks entry if you are not wearing a face mask.
0: Right, there you go. Right, and that's actually, that technology is doable, right? We can't, facial recognition at a distance really quickly, uh, like instantaneously is very difficult. Unless you're the NSA, maybe that's super easy then. But mask detection's probably pretty easy, right? Um, There's probably ways to screw with it, though. Paint stuff on your mask, do all sorts, you can probably mess with it, but still. um, Yeah, it's coming. David Skidmore gives us 10 bucks and says, The leftists I know... Don't care whether it's true or not. This makes me scared what they will do if they win. They are wanting one-party rule. Regular Democrats have been radicalized. Yeah, again, like Kerry said, though, it's because the end justifies the means, and so they feel like you've been manipulated by falsehood so much, you've been duped into electing, quote, literally Hitler, uh, that, that, y- that you, like, any lie is justified, right? Because if he were actually Hitler... Maybe any yeah. lie would be justified to get rid of him. <laughs>
1: like So They that, that's, that's the how justification. They do it. Yeah. That's how they do it. That's how they justify. It's one of the things that started to wake me up is when I saw after he won, I saw people on my side. I put that in the air quotes who suddenly started calling all Trump voters Nazis. And I'm like, w- wait <laughs> a minute. A 63 million people you're trying to tell me you are Nazis. What do we do to Nazis? Like, it, it's, it's a way of dehumanizing people. Of course. You're lying. You're committing a great immoral act that's much greater than just telling a lie, which is immoral. But you're you're dehumanizing people with the end result being getting to a place where you feel comfortable doing anything to those people.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. Um, Pirate Tomsky again says – it makes you wonder what else the cathedral has suppressed successfully that we aren't aware of. And you know what? I think about that a lot, Bartomski. I also wonder, um, hmm. you know, I know the suppression techniques were not as advanced prior to the internet, but I do wonder what stories and what things were killed or fabricated in newsrooms of yesteryear that we will never know because five people knew about it and they're dead. Um, there's just— Can I, can I
1: point you know, to an obvious one? Sure. Has it been long enough yet for them to tell us who killed the president, To who killed JFK? Have we waited long enough? No. Oh, I'm sorry. They're going to keep those documents under wraps a bit longer. OK. Yep.
0: Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I again, I do think I do think there's a difference in kind now. I think the ability to to control the narrative has has increased in or has has fundamentally changed. But. Uh the controlling has been has been happening and we know we know from history there's it's been happening. Um Shout Chill says uh Happy Friday. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. Gives us a super Thank cat. you. Little ragamuffin says uh it's pride and ego that is blinding people to accept things that are effed up. Tell a friend, share the truth. Yes. Uh, I don't I, I would all I would actually argue that it's cowardice. Um
1: it's all of it. It's all of it. I think it's all those things. I, and thank you, little ragamuffin. You inspire me, as you know.
0: She is uh the definition of a firecracker. And she's in here very active in chat all the time.
1: Spitfire.
0: Uh, we we yeah. Spitfire. There you go. Or a firecracker, <clears throat> whatever. Both are meant affectionately, little mm-hmm. ragamuffin. Mm-hmm. Uh let Freedom Rig America, the the Thai guy who I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my bow tie today. Um,
1: ah, hey, let <laughs> it ring. I don't think you were here earlier. Look at this. Yesterday, I was doing the uh, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> I could do all the now that I have suspenders, I can walk around like this. I can take them off like you used to, Carter. You said when you were in school, and I did. I'm hanging off the back. I
0: did. I, well, this will be a repeat then when the show <laughs> comes out. But uh, we had a conversation. Actually, maybe it was before. The, I don't remember if this is in the show it or it was in the pre show. It was before the we were recording. Okay, it was the pre show. <laughs> So in seventh grade suspenders were cool when I was in seventh grade suspenders were cool and uh, this is gonna sound pathetic but I basically I could afford one pair of nice pants and suspenders <laughs> that was what we could afford so I wore them like almost every day and pretended like it was a different outfit and uh, but you had to take the suspenders off and let them fall around your ass that was the cool thing um, I don't know if anyone else remembers that if it was just an East Coast thing I don't know but uh, the the floppy suspenders were the thing, anyway. Uh, let freedom ring. America says I'm an independent. The Dem and Rep parties are equally worthless in my eyes. LOL. By the way, Carrie and Bev, I have dresses too. Carter, nice tie. Uh, well, uh, maybe you'll get some dresses. <laughs> this, I let freedom ring. America is going to out uh, is going to be the wardrobe. He's in. He's responsible. <laughs> For the unsafe space he wardrobe should, now. At
1: this point, I think he deserves a wardrobe credit. And, and all the kind so. knitters who've made a, Yeah, <laughs> wardrobe provided by. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all right. Mr. Biggles, uh, I, every time I see that, I just I have to say, DFINITY. I can just yeah, I, I like the logo. It's a good logo. Uh, thank you, Mr. Biggles. One ray of hope of many is... Or I have is Twitter and Facebook have fully embraced critical race theory trainings that are going to become internally super dysfunctional and other more balanced platforms will out- compete them. That is a hope I share as well. It just, unfortunately I'm an impatient guy sometimes to a fault uh, as people who have heard me rant before can attest to. Um, but it's not going to be fast. It's not going to be fast, but I think it could happen. Uh, the issue is there's also a gatekeeper called Apple and Google though. And so, if you want a platform that's competitive to Twitter like Gab, you are going to get stuck with having to go through Apple and Google. And as we have talked about before, they ban them from the app store and make it very difficult to, uh, to use on their platforms. But in the end, I mean, look, in the end, uh, leftism is anti-reality, so it will fail. I just you know, The question is, how many of us will it drag down before it fails? I would like it to be few of us or none. Uh, I guess it's too late for none. But, all right, let's see. Some more scrolling, sorry.
1: (laughs) People are calling Tiger a rat. He does, you know, he looks a little like Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if you guys remember that cartoon. But anyway, yeah, the mailman just came. I, I I think he's all barked out, though.
0: Jeanette Jeanette W gives us twenty bucks. Thank you, Jeanette, and says, "I'm used. I used to be independent, but cha- then changed to Republican. But now I'm changing back after this election. I take a bit from each, and it has taken Trump for me to realize this. He really is an independent. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's a populist. He's slash independent, whatever. He, he's not beholden to uh, any party platform. I don't think. I think he's a pragmatist. I don't think he. I don't think he actually has too many principles other than." I think he empirically recognizes a few things about business which are good, like shouldn't tax them too much. Uh, That's bad. If I had a business, I would leave the country if they were taxed too much like, okay, that's that's good. Um, He gets that. All right. Let's see. Sorry. Lots to scroll. We had a
1: lot. Thank you guys for all the super chats today.
0: I know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Okay. Clutch (laughs) McDougal. Clutch McDougal. Carter, for the Mandalorian ticket 2024, weapons are our religion. Only downside, you need to mask up. (laughs) I've never watched Mandalorian, but I like the weapons are religion uh, aspect of that ticket. Maybe not the masking up so much. Uh, Keith, the hat guy, says, we are confident Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. John Bolton, justifying start of Iraq war. Known lie now. Lies. Lies, right? right. But the next that. time John Bolton says something on national TV, we're all supposed to nod our heads and go, Well, that's a fact because yeah. John Bolton said it. Uh, banger prophecy, thank you, banger. Banger says, I genuinely understand the both side but in local politics, do you not think Republicans govern better Texas over California? Right? I, I actually personally, I don't know what Carrie will say. Personally, I think Republicans govern better not just in local politics but everywhere. I would prefer. Republicans, I'm not a Republican, but in general, I would prefer them mostly because they expand the government more slowly than the Democrats do generally. Uh,
1: generally, but that's well, not
0: that's not very exciting to me. The, the caveat is they do things like pass the Patriot Act. So, mm, I, you know,
1: well, currently, let's talk about where we're, just at where we're at today. I'm not speaking of I'm not speaking of during the Patriot Act or anything, just evaluating where I am at today. Yes, I agree. They do govern better, and that's why I voted for my very first Republican in 2018. I voted for Ted Cruz because he, to me, he is he was the most liberal candidate running, and I've been very happy. At the time, I remember feeling like I was doing something transgressive. I'm voting for Republicans.
2: Like you're cheating. Like the first
1: time. Yeah. It was like the first time I ate meat, right? Like, woo, I'm eating meat after 23 years or whatever. Like, and, but, but I've been, I've been very happy with my vote since then. I mean, look at his letter in response to Twitter. I wish he would do more. I wish he wouldn't just, I feel like sometimes he's a little bit talky and less dewy, but he's more dewy than the others. So I
0: don't know. That sounds weird. Um, yeah, but he does have. <laughs> if you watch him in hearings and stuff, he's generally pretty good. Not always. I mean, I picked on him the other day for his position on health care, but you know, he, he's generally he's generally one of the the better ones in terms of uh, conservatism in its kind of traditional constitutionalist sense. So, uh, Judge Lot, Judge Lot gives us twenty five bucks. Thank you, Judge Lot, and says. Uh, <laughs> Darth Carter, your rants have been epic lately. I really admire how your anger makes you stronger in the dark side. I hope to one day be accepted as your dark apprentice. Uh, <laughs> you mean like what, like a Sith Padawan? Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I thank you. I, I anger is not bad. Um, you can let it consume you, which I certainly there are times when it consumes me and it's directed at the wrong people because I'm just frustrated and angry. And, and I, you know, I don't have, I do have a short fuse sometimes and that's a fault of mine. Um, so, uh, you know, absolutely there, there's downsides. However, I do strongly feel like anger is a, not only a neutral emotion, but actually a positive necessary emotion Anger in – and, you know, I don't know if this is a guy-girl thing or maybe I'll get in trouble for saying that. But anger is a necessary emotion to motivate you to defend your family and community. Anger is is necessary. And, you know, one thing – like one attack on masculinity that's been prevalent over the past, you know – several decades I guess is this this characterization of anger as a fault that being angry is bad now obviously not being able to control your anger is bad yeah um, but being righteously angry at injustice and watching innocent people get harmed or wrong done, that's healthy. A society can't last without, I'm going to say this in a way that'll piss people off. Society cannot last without men who will get angry at injustice. It cannot last. You need men who will be angry at injustice. It also can't last if you don't have women who want to take care of kids. Those are two sad, they're going to sound very conservative, But if you don't have women who want to take care of the next generation and you don't have men who are angry at injustice, you will fail. I don't know what else is needed for society. I'm not saying men and women, you know, have to be in certain roles all the time in any given situation. I'm saying in general, as a society, you need those things. You need those things. And um, they've been trying to undermine anger. We
1: need strong men. And they've also been trying to just undermine masculinity in general and— And and I think part of that is related to the the end goals of which we've talked about, the end goals of social justice, Marxism and postmodernism, this this social justice ideology that my old belief system that we see everywhere. The end goal is nihilism. It's a destruction of everything. It's a destruction of Western civilization it's motivated by resentment. And how do you destroy civilization? Yeah. Well, one of those ways is you destroy the nuclear family, which BLM puts on their it was on their about page. They're against the nuclear family. Yep. They destroy the ways in which we function personally in our personal relationships. And the same way that they've been pushing racism in the name of anti racism, they've been pushing sexism for just as long and in the name of yep. feminism. And they've really done a lot to undermine masculinity and to it's it's not that it's not that all of these things are again, the people that the people that get pulled into it and start preaching it, it's it's not that they have bad intent necessarily, some of them. You know, it is a good thing to say we should examine our gender roles, you know, we should we should um I, I think I think it's a I'm, good thing I'm to say. I'm not against
0: you individuals want to right. behave in 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 ways that run contrary to their gender role generally like if you're a family and and the dad wants to stay home and the mom wants to go out and work yeah. like i'm not i'm not saying that can't happen uh, i'm speaking generally agree. about a society
1: right i i totally agree and um, there are going to be men and women who don't fall into the averages right on a bell curve who That's are right. outliers. And you need outliers, and and but but we've gotten so used to talking in the in, in this current climate that we're in in black and white, where if you say something like in general society needs strong men, and it needs women who want to raise children, they what what they want to hear is immediately something awful that you're saying that, right. that What no they heard me say shoot.
0: was a woman's place is barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. That's what they yes, heard when I said that. Yes, that's
1: what they heard you say, which is and not they heard what I said. You say, that every right. woman should have a kid, and that's not what you said. You no. know, they they want to hear the worst thing, and they're not actually listening. And and yeah, I think we need strong men, and we've done a lot to denigrate masculinity. And um, I look around at the couples. We mentioned this in an interview yesterday, which won't be out for like a week probably. But um, I've seen wokeness move into couples, and usually. It, in the way it plays out in the straight couples that I know usually moves in from, the woman adopts it first um, women seem to be more susceptible to this ideology and then the, they either it either results in divorce eventually, in separation because it's it's radically if, you, if you're not woke and the other person's woke it's not just a difference of political it's not like, well I'm a democrat and she's a republican or I'm a republican and she's a democrat it's not like that It's like you have radically different philosophies. Your worldview is different. Your entire worldview, it's not a difference of opinion on political policy. It's it's worldview, foundational beliefs. And so either it ends in divorce or the other thing I've seen, which is arguably worse, is the man becomes woke as well and then assumes this kind of subservient position to the woman where she's leading everything, and he's cucked, and he's, and he's, um, I saw a great picture. God, I wish I had it. Uh, It was a picture of a couple, a straight couple, and the woman and the the man, they they were both wearing these big, clear plastic suit things for COVID, and the woman looked so smug and self-righteous, like, we're extra virtuous, and her husband or boyfriend or whoever he was had this look on his face. It was like, an ashamed kept dog. I can't even explain it. The look on his face was just awful. Like, yeah. oh God, I I don't want to I don't want to be in your relationship right now.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know you're making me think of um that book that Gracie West wrote. Um she pointed mm-hmm. this out. I mean she said it uh and other people have said it, but but she wrote this into the book as one one of the, the behaviors of characters, but you like a lot of times, it's the it's those woke women. Uh, they're still sexually attractive to the guys that they hate, right? The guys, oh, the guys that that yes. are the definition of everything they hate. There's still something inside them that's like, yeah, but that's sexy.
1: I've told you about this before, but I have social justice warrior, third wave feminist friends who we used to talk about this. We used to gossip about this. And one friend in particular, who I've told you about, she would say she was dating these woke beta males. But she was having sometimes like flirt, flirting with the idea of affairs with these some more conservative, traditionally masculine guys, and she and she had inner conflict about it. She's like, "Why am I attracted to these men? I don't. I shouldn't be. I should be attracted nice. to this kind of guy." It's like, "Why are you fighting your natural?" Attraction and trying to condition yourself I, I, because weird. she's
0: be, because she's told that there is nothing biological about her psychology and it's completely a, in a social construct and therefore she should be able to eradicate it and replace her psychology whatever it is whatever the psychology that's prescribed by the ideology is and that's a lie you cannot erase your psychology it is partly biological not completely but partly and uh you know that's. It's odd because the left will make that same argument for people who are trans. Well, it's just innate. They can't. We can't erase it. Okay. Well, if you can't erase psych, like, if you if part of it is biological, then for the vast majority, that biology falls along lines that the left doesn't like. Uh, so there you go. By the way, someone in the chat did bring up. Uh, they mentioned. I just saw. I don't know if they're arguing with someone else or whatever. But they wrote uh, strength. Or anger does not equal strength, and that's a distinction that I think is important to make. I think angry, being angry is, uh, can be a good motivator, but it is not, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition to motivate you to successful action, right? So you need to be motivated, the anger, the anger can motivate you, but then you need to have the strength to carry that action out. Um, and if you don't, then that anger can manifest itself in uh, other pathetic ways. Um, and, but strength without anger won't do anything either, right? You can just sit there and let them burn you to death because you're very strong, but you're not angry enough about anything happening around you. You're not going to protect anyone. So you need uh, – the anger is, where, is the motivation that you need. <sighs> Let's go do some more Super Chats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Joseph sorty Thank you, Joseph. Joseph says <clears> – <throat> recommending the parasitic mind by Gad Sad. Oh, I love Gad Sad. for a future book club. It's about his concept of woke culture being an idea pathogen that's infected society and how we can fight it. I'm going to write that one down. Cause I, we have a list, but I don't know that that one's on the list. Uh, so thank you. Um, because I do, I do like him. And, um, you know, I know we use the word meme today to talk about, um, in general now to talk about pictures on the internet in impact font with stuff stuff in them happening but um meme i believe was coined by richard dawkins and uh it 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 was meant to it's it's meant as an analog uh to genes so um one of my favorite books on evolution is uh the selfish gene um and dawkins Talks about how genes propagate, and then he uses the word meme um, as, the, as this analog for how ideas similarly can propagate, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important to kind of remember the origin of that because I, I think there's a lot of validity to that model of in that way of thinking about ideas, so thank you for the recommendation. Uh, Pirate Tomsky. Pirate Tomsky gives us five pounds and says, when if this channel gets deleted based on what's been happening? Yeah. Thanks for the – Yeah. Where will you move to? I want to sign up for an account ASAP. Well, look, we're already on library, LBRY.tv. All of our stuff is automatically sucked in on library. And I think it's on BitChute. I have spoke. I'll just be clear with everyone. Um, I don't think. uh, Wait a minute. Okay. I'm not going to be clear with everyone. I'm not going to tell you the details of conversations because uh, I don't want to get people in trouble. I have reason to believe that library would be supportive of us in some way and um and i am hoping that they will have a live streaming option probably not soon maybe next year is my my personal guess it's not coming from them uh they did give me a date but uh i don't believe them because i've managed engineering teams also before so i'm guessing maybe sometime next year uh live streaming option will be available uh that's the biggest thing that we would lose if youtube goes away we can post videos everywhere else but live streaming is a is difficult to do everywhere, especially this length. So, all right. Uh, but, oh, but the best thing to do is go to spacecom and sign up for the email list, which we've never used. We've never emailed anyone newsletters. However, uh, rest assured, if we get kicked off of YouTube, we will use that email list to let you know where we're going. Okay. Uh, let Freedom Ring America, aka Wardrobe Guru, uh, says, in my humble opinion... I don't think we will see a landslide either way. This election will be even closer than 2016. Get out and vote. You know, that's the big concern, right? Because then it becomes a yeah. cluster. So, Which is why the left is worried about uh, <clears throat> Amy Coney Barrett, partly. There's many reasons they're worried about her. That That's one of them. Holly, Holly writes uh, – thank you, Holly. Holly says, so grateful for your channel. Is there a personality trait in your opinion that explains the difference between those of us who broke free of leftist devotion since 2016 and those who did not?
1: Yes. I think it, people who broke free – and you can see this in some of the interviews we've done with people like constantin Kisson. um i I think there's something in and i usually like to ask people what is it about you that you think helped you see through things i think that there's an element of being uh, questioning authority of being uh, somewhat somewhat skeptical of authority of of kind of uh, Anybody who's seeking to control you or tell you this is how you must behave and what you must read and what what you must think, if you have that sort of ingrained in you, I think you're more likely to wake up. That's why I was sort of trying to appeal to liberals who were critical of the lies leading up to the Iraq war. Like, remember your critical thinking. Remember that part of you that questioned authority. Why have you turned it off? Just because your party, you know, is – is on the side that's unflattering at the moment. You know, turn that part of you back on. It, there's something some people who've had experience in their past either directly or with family who came from communist countries and escaped the type of totalitarianism and propaganda that we're seeing now, those people are better able to see it because they've seen it before. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it's just I think it's something about about being um, skeptical of authority, and I'm not sure where that comes from.
0: Can I throw out another just observation, based yeah. on my observation of you and some mm-hmm. other people that I've seen who've woken up from this, woken from being woke, whatever. <laughs> uh, you said before that there was there needed to be you needed some emotional push to do this. Like you had. Mm-hmm other things happening in your life that kind of caused you to stop and self-examine. And I, the one trait that I've seen, I don't know if this is universal, but it's not just questioning authority. It's self-examination. It's introspection. Mm -hmm. And when you were prompted, you had other things in your life that prompted you to examine your self and your own Mm -hmm. psychology. i think. I think turning that focus inward is is probably correlated to being able to wake up because I think most of the people on the left are not focused on self-improvement.
1: You are correct. They are looking out. They are looking out at the world and saying, let me focus attention there and on fixing all these things I think are bad and there, a lot of them are completely blind about themselves and their own psychology and their own motivation. Yeah. And even their own behaviors, a lot of them, their their, their behavior doesn't reflect their beliefs. Yeah. They're living, they're living hip, hip, hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy in action. But they, need to, but they action. need
0: to turn their their view inward to notice yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. tachana Fisk. Uh, tachana says many many in Silicon Valley were called the smartest people in the room for too long, and they have no wisdom. Then add to that, brainwashed. Yeah, they have high IQs, but again, they tend to be experts in a very narrow field. They focus on that field. They may not have life experience or or as you're saying, wisdom in, in, in other areas. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, certainly it does make it easier Carter, to look down on people who with different opinions, that's for sure.
1: I just wanted to let you know, uh, my laptop battery is about to <laughs> die. So see. I'm probably okay. I'm going to abruptly get cut off and for anyone watching, I have a problem with my brand new laptop, and Apple Store can't fix it or can't take it until Wednesday, so um, my power thing isn't working. and Anyway, I only have about two hours of battery power, and it's almost over, just so you know if I abruptly disappear, that's why.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll quickly do some super tests. Chad says, what's the origin and meaning of the term cathedral? Uh, it comes from um, crap. What's the guy's name?
1: Oh, okay. So this is an article. Oh, uh,
0: Curtis Yarvin, uh, Mencius Mold, Moldbug. Yeah. I think Moldbug. Um, he's the he's the he's the guy who that I'm that I think I learned about it from Michael Malice, but I think he's the guy who invented that term. Um,
1: okay. Well, that I didn't learn about from Michael Malice. We may not have learned. It. I may have heard it somewhere else. There's a great Medium essay about the Blue Cathedral. Is that yeah, but I think I think
0: about? I don't think Michael Malice invented it either. Um, I think I think this guy, I think Curtis Yarvin invented it. It's, it's I, I think that's the origin of it. I'm, I'm almost sure because okay. um, I have Just, and I, I have since read his stuff oh, some of his stuff. And uh, I think that's where it comes from. But
1: uh, yeah. Here, let me pull up the article I'm talking about. It has nothing to do with Michael Malice uh, no, no it, it doesn't have anything. I'm just right. saying that's
0: where I happened to learn it.
1: Oh, that, uh, Okay. Well, this is where I heard it, and I don't know who coined it, but this is a great article that people should read. There's two of them. It's by a guy named Jordan Hall. He's got he's got one article called Understanding the Blue Church, and then he's got an older one called Situational Assessment 2017. That was the first time I heard it. I don't know who coined it, but it really helped me to understand how the media works in collusion with social media and with deep state to kind of push what they want us, the reality that they want on us on the American people. That's where I read it anyway.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, I would suggest that you go, you can go to, um, unqualified reservations. So, uh, unqualified I'm not endorsing everything this guy says, but, um, he's actually a great writer. And mm. um, I think it's in A Gentle Introduction to Unqualified Reservations uh, called Chapter One, The Red Pill, written in t- 2009, right? Um, I think this is where a lot of the, the terminology uh, okay. that you hear comes from. Um, and it's very well written. It's very, very well Got written. It. Uh, you might not like his conclusions, uh, but nevertheless, some it's, it's a well written thing. Okay. Um, all right. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, Mundaniac, thank you, Mundaniac. Mundaniac says accidental Marxists are, the most da- Marxists are the most dangerous. They don't realize the hole they're digging is actually a grave. Well, I mean, but they're necessary, right? Because few people would intentionally dig a grave. Not everyone's that evil. So um, I think the the Marxist revolution is built on the back of accidental Marxists, right? but general, uh,
1: let's see can I do the, can I skip ahead and do one that addresses me because uh, I'm gonna my laptop sure, sure so you don't have to read this one when you get to it after I'm gone okay
2: uh,
1: I'll fight you naked gives five dollars thank you great name he says is it just me or does Carrie look like a young Jodie Foster also what is with the hat fetish just wondering thank you for the compliment I never heard Jodie Foster until we started doing this show but I will take it um, Jodie Foster's great and then the thing about the hat fit, I just wanted to read this one because it's funny. Now that we're getting more viewers, we try and read all the comments. It's hard. There's a lot of them and we thank you for it. But, um, I did notice a few more comments lately from, I'm not saying you're saying this, I'll fight you naked, but from people who were like uh, wanting to give me their personal opinions about my hats or what I happen to be wearing a given day, I don't care. <laughs> like you can wear what you want to wear and, and it's a weird thing because, you know, women used to wear hats all the time. Men used to wear hats all the time. I like hats. A lot of the people where I live wear hats, men and women. Uh, I have my own, I don't know, personal things. I, I love cowboy boots. If you could see my feet on the podcast every day, you'd be like, what's with the boot fetish? Because I wear cowboy boots every day. It's just what I like to wear. When I was a social justice warrior, here's why this is important to me, though. Two reasons. One is a personal thing. When I was a social justice warrior, I was looking over these photos of myself recently. I used to dress so muted and I was muted. I was I was
0: your soul looked self. muted in those the, the atheist will say yeah. it, your soul looked muted in those,
1: those My soul was pictures. muted. My eyes were different. The 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 eyes are the wind of the soul, right? I was like the velveteen rabbit. In the velveteen rabbit, the skin horse says when you are real, you don't care about being hurt. And I wasn't real back then. I cared too much about being hurt. I cared what people thought. I let what people thought influence not just what I did for a living, who I worked with. I stayed working with toxic people that I didn't like for too long because I cared what people thought. Because it was like, oh, but I, these people are famous-ish and I, it's successful and I have this great big ruby to borrow, to borrow from a Jordan Peterson story. I have this ruby, I can't put my ruby down it was a big rock that was weighing me down. Who cares what people think? Who cares about prestige? Who cares about status? It's all bull hockey. <laughs> it's not important. It's not malarkey important. Malarkey is the word you're looking and for, Carrie. Malarkey, it's all malarkey. All malarkey. <laughs> and so all of that, the way that I live my life, I was muted. I wasn't real then, as the Velveteen Rabbit would say. Um, And I dressed in a lot of black and I'm not saying some people that may be their joy is black. Okay. It wasn't my joy. I was dressing the way I felt inside. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. I wear the things for the past few years. I wear what I like to wear. Um, I've been collecting handmade cowboy boots for years. Uh, I'm a huge fan of them. I love hats. Uh, Maybe I'll get into suspenders now. I don't know, but it's none of your freaking business. What I wear, you can choose what you put on every day. And I will choose if I like it or not, you know, but I, what you remind me of, here's the second reason I want to talk about this just really quickly. And my laptop battery is about to die. When I sold handboy cowboy, handmade cowboy boots for a living, I used to watch this, this phenomenon that would happen once in a while with these couples where one person in the couple was a joy eater. Okay. Joy eater. It's where, and, and usually not always, There's a word usually called, it it's wild. called nag. Okay. But it, they ate. <laughs> the joy of their spouse or their loved one. So Mm -hmm. usually it would happen where the, not always, sometimes it was, it was reversed in gender, but most of the time it was a man would come and fall in love with a pair of boots and get real excited. And then his wife who was shopping next door or something would come in and then she would look at him and, and no, I'm not talking about loving criticism and guidance where you say, Oh, that doesn't really flatter you, but what about this or something? I'm talking about derision and contempt. Someone who comes in and is like, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> you can't pull that off. Like d- with with derision, would mm. talk to their loved one that way, would eat their joy. I have no tolerance for joy eaters because I've seen too many people who care about what joy eaters think and who let that dictate how they express themselves and what they like and are like, oh, I love this, but I don't think I can pull it off. What What do you mean? If you love it, if you love it, you're already pulling Go it, pull off. it off. yeah. Go pull it off. Yeah, and I have no, I have no time for joy eaters. So well, go, eat, short for, go eat, someone joy else's eating. joy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. My laptop battery's dying. I'm sorry, guys. I'll see you later, Carter.
0: Oh, you're gonna, you're Bye. gonna, you're gonna end gracefully while you can.
1: <laughs> I will. Well, I have six percent left, and the little thing just came up and said it's going to sleep. So.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we will see you on Bye. Monday. I'm Bye. gonna Bye. do the rest of the Bye. super chats.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, Derek Maggard, thank you, Derek. Derek says, uh, similar to social media, the creator of the TV. Uh, Philo T Farnsworth for those of you who don't know uh, didn't have a TV in his house and was horrified with how people used his invention yep yep uh, let's see here see now now there's no carry to talk while I'm scrolling okay here we go Helena black Thank you Helena Helena says to tag on to mr. Biggles in order to speed the process more people need to reinforce the importance of supporting competing platforms. I say this as I freely give a percentage of this super chat to YouTube, LOL, right? Well, when we can move off of YouTube and do the um, live thing with the super chat, we 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 will, hopefully that will be after, or sorry, before we get kicked off. But uh, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like a hypocrite myself because I'm like, you should not be on these, but we're on them ourselves. I just personally try and limit my exposure to them as much as possible. So... Uh, Alright, Kent Anu for Chuck. Kent says, My Times readers New York, sorry, I think he means New York Times readers. New York Times readers are tools. Happy Friday. Uh, happy Friday to you, Kent. Let's see. The Reason We Learn. Thank you, Reason We Learn. Reason We Learn says, What did you think of Joe's answer about an eight year old transitioning? Do you think that helps or hurts him? I I had a note to talk about that, but we ran out of time. Um I thought Biden generally did well at the town hall. Um, to be honest, I thought I thought he did a good job. He, he was coherent and um, gave answers. I mean, I, I don't. He may be misrepresenting things. He may be spinning a yarn with respect to certain things, and have has, definitely has a, a way of doing this. You know, he's got an, he's got an agenda and a spin, and, and that's fine. Uh, it's expected. But I thought he did generally a good job. One area, and 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 by the way, with Trump. Every time I hear him at one of these, I kind of wish he would be more clear uh, and more coherent and less just blustery, But because he didn't really answer anything. He just did his normal bluster, which I get. But uh, yeah, so for those of you who missed it, a a woman stood up and said, I have two two kids, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old, I think, were the the ages. And she said, my youngest is trans. And (laughs) so alarm bells are going off in my head right away. Your eight-year-old is trans? Uh, Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But Joe's response, obviously Joe said the response that he knew the left wanted to hear, the radical left. He knew that the radical trans wanted this response. And his response was basically, well, you know, if the kid wants it, it makes him feel better. There should be no you know I, I didn't use the word stigma i'm paraphrasing but basically no 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 stigma it should be fine whatever and you know we have to you know and then he then he went into the the black trans women are being murdered thing which i don't think there's evidence for or actually not not uh, actual statistics for but uh so he, he you know he he threw out a few radical trans talking points and had this kind of uh, I would say a dismissive attitude with respect to the severity of it of uh, calling an eight-year-old trans. Um, so I would hope that that did not bode well for most—I I would hope that that did not help him um, with most of the audience. It definitely helps him with the radical left. They were going to vote for him anyway, though, probably. So I don't think it helps him with centrist voters. However, on the other hand, a lot of centrist voters probably don't know. They haven't been paying attention to this stuff. They don't know what that means, right? I don't, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like, kid wants to be trans, let him be trans. They're not thinking through what that means. They're not thinking through of, oh, uh, kids that are too young are getting, um, hormone therapy, puberty blockers, uh surgery in in and having irreversible medical procedures performed on them without the level of scrutiny that one would expect to make sure that this is actually a, a path that's rational. Um and, you know, obviously an eight year old that your brain's not fully developed until you're 24, 25. Obviously an eight year old uh I don't think inherently can be trusted to know what they want uh with respect to that especially you know we're in a culture in which in which that is being i won't say pushed but certainly paraded about as a good thing to be and you know these an eight-year-old doesn't generally eight-year-olds generally don't even have a sense of their own sexuality let alone uh real thoughts about how they identify from a gender perspective so uh I, for me an eight-year-old that's a red flag right away and the first thing that would have to happen is some therapy re- around why they feel that way and um i'm of the opinion personally that you just shouldn't do anything until they're basically an adult uh, I, I, you know it, i can't think maybe there's got to be a rare case where They've always clearly been the opposite gender, and and there's some just very very clear thing that's you know maybe I could I could see that, but uh, you know there was no context to the question, so we don't know the the context here. But presumably this is just an eight year old who's flirting with the idea, just like so many other kids are now. And uh, I think his response was um, well, it was irresponsible, but I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll play well with mainstream, but, you know, then again, I'm not a – don't ask me about – to predict the American public's political – the response to policies or to people politically because I don't know. Maybe they won't care. Uh, Maverick Buckley, super chat. Thank you, Maverick. Lots of love from UK. Had a huge Brexit win today. I'm not – I've not been paying attention. What was the huge uh, Brexit win? I assume – you get to have a brexit (laughs) i don't know what the win is but i will go look it up now all right i'm scrolling and all right james s i've heard this quote james s i don't remember who where it came from but i've heard it a lot and i like it a lot it is hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times i think that is by and large uh in general, pretty accurate description of, of most of history. Taxterra. Uh, Taxtera, thank you. Taxtera says, I'd rather be oppressed by the patriarchy than by the matriarchy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'd, I'd prefer no oppression whatsoever. But I hear you. I hear you. What is called oppression by the patriarchy is often not. Uh, okay, that was... I'll fight you naked. That was Carrie's super chat that she read. So that's the next one. I'm just going to put it on screen but not read it. Mr. Biggles. Mr. Biggles says, So hard today to fight the good fight when they come in low with their malice, but you stand up with grace. Really difficult, but imagine in our lifetime if we can finally see the return of honor. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that I like to remind myself, because I look, we're all soft. I'm soft. I've never been to war. Some of you may have been to war, but no one's been drafted in in our generation we haven't and no one's no one's ha- been to war in the sense of like really having to defend our country we're fighting wars abroad and, and that can be dangerous and, and horrible but like people people are being drafted with the concern that you know we're going to be destroyed like someone's going to invade us right we haven't had to fight uh for our families in a very tangible way right I, I know people will argue such and such war was necessary because of terrorism and blah 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 blah, which I may disagree with. But e- even if you agree with that, the the connection to the safety of our families is tangential and not direct. We haven't had to. We haven't had to en masse stand up and and give our lives to defend liberty. Most of us, again, I, some people have have been in in war. Uh, but certainly not the scale of our grandparents. You know, my grandpa. Both my grandparents were in. Both my grandfathers were in World War II. Um, they both survived. One was on a. One was on a, aircraft carrier, in Pearl Harbor, that was attacked. He watched all of his friends burn, um, and hung on to a. Uh, I don't know if it's an apocryphal story, but it was in the family, and he never wanted to talk about it. So it seems realistic. But, he he crawled out the, the little hole where the anchor chain thing goes and hung on to that and uh and a passing ship picked him up. So he was that's some trauma. That's some trauma. Um and you know, um and then my other grandfather was was um in Europe fighting and you know fought the Nazis and and um and had some stuff that he took off of <laughs> dead soldiers I guess that he had killed. Um, that that's some traumatic crap. That's some that's some real that's some that, that takes real courage. I'm not I'm not patting my family on the back like I had nothing to do with it and they were just two of thousands and thousands of men who did that, many of whom didn't come home. Um so, you know, it takes it takes some real uh courage to do that and we're not being asked to do any of that. Today, men today, we're not being asked to do. No one's saying, you know, here's your M1A, go, uh, go fight trench warfare. You're not being asked to do that. You're being asked to, what, argue on Twitter, maybe lose your job if you really, really stand up uh, and fight. Um, you're being asked to deal with social pressure and some ostracism, and uh, you know, it's a much, it's a much easier battle in many ways to fight. The flip side is, I think most of us are um, not intellectually armed with the ammunition required to fight because we're not, we haven't been taught it. We don't, uh, we've been indoctrinated. We were taught not to think about it. We're distracted. We're not, um, you know, we've been manipulated into not fighting the battle or noticing that the battle needs to be fought. So it's not that hard to fight. In many ways, but on the other hand we we're, we're unarmed many of us so um part of the goal of this show is to arm to arm us all right uh Tatiana Fisk thank you Tatiana she says you guys should try uh d live too some some go there also I don't know if we're on d live we might have been I know I, we were at one point or we looked into it I don't know if we're on d live uh Chris would know if we're on d live and I will talk to him about it later he is responsible for putting our videos elsewhere so that might be the end of the super chats here if it is we can say I can bid you adieu. but let's let's just see sorry for the scroll oh one more from Keith the hat guy he said there's nothing wrong with wearing hats (laughs) yeah well I think you're biased Keith the hat guy but I agree there's nothing wrong with wearing hats uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone was criticizing Kerry for wearing hat. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. Okay. I think that might have been the end. I th- I'm nearing the end of the scroll here, so I think we're good. So uh, with that said, thank you all for watching. Um, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can go to uh, unsafespace.com slash donate to donate to the channel. You can use fiat currency or Bitcoin or Ethereum. And uh, you can go to Subscribestar and sign up. If you sign up at the $25 a month or more level, you get a grenade mug, which uh, if I were a good marketer, I would have in front of me to show you. And um, we have book club this Sunday at noon Pacific. So if you want to be in book club, we're going to talk about screw tape letters. Carrie will be mad at me because I absolutely hated the book, and so I'm sure that... That will affect the book club discussion. So you can argue with me about that. And uh, just send an email to speak at unsafespace.com for that one. If you want to be in the, in the chat or in the, on the video chat, or you can just join in the, the YouTube chat. And uh, what else? I think that's it. I think that's it. Have a great weekend. Try and stay off of social media. If you're going to go on social media, here's, the, here's what I'll leave you with. If you're going to go on social media, please try and do it on your own terms. I I will one more time, highly highly recommend you turn off all of your notifications at the very least. You don't need to be notified that Candace Owens tweeted something that's not relevant. It's not a unless your job is to pay attention to the news, uh, and respond to it in some way. You'll find out later what the great thing that Candace Owens tweeted or what the horrible thing that you know Alyssa Milano tweeted. You'll see all that later. You don't need notifications, so uh, don't let your phone own you. Oh, sorry, one more. Chris says, Epstein Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> That's the last super chat. A great super chat to end on. Thank you, Chris. Okay, Epstein didn't kill himself. We will see you on Monday. Uh, actually, we'll see some of you on Sunday who are gonna join us for Book Club. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks for watching and um, take care. <music> Thanks for watching. See you there.
3: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 97.7% chance that Jack Dorsey would ban these people. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. All counter-narratives have been deemed harmful and will be suppressed for your own safety. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.